obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. And welcome to episode 301 of Sports on the Hill podcast. My name is Robbie and I'm joined live uh, today uh, with Gil and many other uh, guests to join shortly. Uh, Gil, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, Robbie. Thanks uh, once again for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited. We have a really fun uh, show uh, for people who have been following on with this podcast in the first um, 300 rooms, uh, 300 episodes. Sorry, I was <laughs> made someone to a room. Um, let's see if this works for Anna. We're trying to get Anna Knox on as well. The other half of the Power Play Point podcast, um, Gil is the blue liner on point. Uh, yeah, it's uh, been an interesting two weeks uh, for sure. We've got to talk about the trade deadline. Uh, we have to talk about some games. Um, we have a game tonight, in fact. So we'll be um, previewing and then uh, talking a little bit live during the first period at the end of the show. Um, lots of exciting XFL stuff to talk about. The defenders have won uh, three games in a row. In fact, all three games this season, uh, and they sit on top of the North Division. Uh, so that's very exciting. We'll have a special guest, uh, Stuart Small, on the talk. Um, and he'll be joining Champ and myself uh, for that one. And uh, Stuart, welcome. And in fact, he's on now. Um, hey, how's it going? Good evening, guys. How we doing? We're good. Stuart. Okay, we're getting we're a couple of technical difficulties, but we're going to hopefully get Anna on. Um, and um uh and, and shortly uh whenever she feels like she can she can feel free to try to join and i will um try my best to unmute or feel free to send messages in the g chat we're, we're still trying to figure that side of it out you know it's it's always an interesting monday here uh you never know technical glitches can come from anywhere we're alive streaming on twitch right now we're also live streaming on facebook uh we've got guests calling in from zoom you know technical issues can happen from any of those possibilities but we prevail and we move on and we get to talk some watching dc sports um and um Stuart, remind me it was the last episode you're on the stanley cup episode or have you been on an episode since with us do you remember i think it was the stanley cup episode in fact yeah. 
sure it was the Stanley Cup episode. Yeah, I, I think so as well. So it's it's been a little while, uh, but I'm excited to have you back on. Uh, that was uh, we were talking about it last week. Last week we celebrated 300 shows, and um, we we're talking about some of, thank you, and uh, we we're talking about some of my favorite moments, and uh, that has always been a top five episode for me, just to be able to celebrate it with you all, and uh, something that uh, I know you've been a fan for a very long time with the Capitals, as has Gil, and uh, we finally made it to the promised land, and uh, so it's been. Uh, exci- exciting and I'm happy to have you back where we talk a little bit of Capitals uh, we're also going to talk a little bit of XFL you're a season ticket holder is that right of the XFL yes you I are. am that's the awesome only football that I'm supporting at this point right now so <laughs> that, that's awesome I really um I really like the product we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks uh we we talked about it um after week one uh last week we did take a week off uh, I did an art show uh to celebrate some stuff um uh 500 followers on Twitch and the 300th episode and I wanted to showcase that I I do other things as well people and it was Pokemon day last week uh so uh, people wanted to draw Pokemon with me. We did. It was a really fun show. Uh, one of our most viewed shows of the year, actually. So that was really fun. If anybody wants to watch the replay of it, it's on our Twitch channel, also on my YouTube channel as well. But uh, tonight we'll focus more on sports. We, again, the Capitals these last two weeks, including the trade deadline, very exciting time uh, for Caps fans, a little nerve wracking, a little upsetting for some. Um, and uh, we'll talk about all that, including all the games as well as uh, the Defenders, they're 3-0. and They've been fantastic, and uh, uh, they've got a big week this upcoming week as well that we'll break down, and then we'll end the show with some Wizards talk, and they've been up and down, and they're sort of uh, fighting for those um, play-in um, spots right now, uh, and they're going back and forth with Toronto, and they lost what was actually a close game to the Milwaukee, which kind of surprised me, uh, but uh, in the end, the score I w- don't think was indicative of the uh, level of play that we saw from them. So we'll also preview their upcoming week as well at the end of the show. So very busy episode 301, um, but I'm super excited to get into it. So I'm going to break down uh, the, the different um, uh, games uh, of the the week. We're going to go through two weeks. So I'm going to rush through the scoring of it a little faster than we usually do it. And then I'm going to let all of you guys, if Anna could join us again, pick a couple of your favorite games that you want to break down a little more in depth. And then I'll ask each one of you which game uh, you want to talk a little bit more about. You know, maybe it's a Caps game you saw more of or you think is more interesting to discuss for whatever reason is apparent for you. And I'll let the other guests uh, talk about those games as well. So that's kind of the structure of it. And um, um, all Anna hears is an echo. Uh, so um, Anna, my my thought right now is just dial out with all of these and just call in on your phone and just... Uh, if you can just plug in your phone and, and plug it in and just have it against your laptop and use it as a tripod to sort of angle it a little bit. That's what I've done in a pinch. So Anna, if you can still hear us, uh, I would try that. Um, so we'll still try to get Anna in here. Uh, Gil, while I share this uh, Facebook to a couple of different groups to get their questions and thoughts on uh, the caps, I want you to let people know about, um, it, you had a very exciting podcast this week. I got to hear the first uh, 30 minutes of it on my way to work. Uh, and it's all about women's history, women in podcasts. You had uh, C4, a, a favorite of our show as well, on and Anna to talk about uh, lots of different issues, um, including the last couple of games. But tell everybody a little bit of a summary of uh, the show and um, uh, where, where they can find you. And uh, I'll share it to a couple of different groups and we can start the conversation. 
All right. So uh, just as we did last month for Black History Month, uh, we're focusing on Women's History Month this month. Uh, we're going to try and get as many uh, female fans of the Washington Capitals on as, as we can. So if uh, you're listening and uh, you want to have your say about talking about the Capitals on the show, you have an open door. Well, you have an open door the other 364 days of the year, but uh, this month the spotlight is on you, the female Caps fan. And uh, so, like you said, Robbie, we had uh, Anna on, of course, and, and C4, and we were talking about the uh, the games that uh, that we normally cover. Uh, it's a Sunday to Sunday week that we usually do. And uh, so so we went over the games. Uh, thankfully, there were two wins. Uh, we went over in depth uh, the, the rest of the deals that were made um, outside of the Hathaway Orlov trade um, and where this team's going to go for the short and the long term. Uh, so pretty good discussion about all that. Uh, just just posted it la- late last night. So I uh, hope you go ahead, download. And uh, if you're moved to do it, subscribe. Uh, we can get all the listeners we can get. Yeah, and I'm going to bring you in since you were a part of the show. Oh, I, I don't think we can still hear you. No, I you're displaying that we can. No, I can see you. Can anyone else hear Anna? Is it just me? Tom Wilson is a hack. <laughs> no, she cannot hear us. Or no, here, let, let me try. You can hear us. Let me try. Let me try something. Ryan Reeves is God. <laughs> yeah, okay, she can hear us. Uh, she can, she can hear us. <laughs> she can hear Stuart. All right. Um, so, Anna, here's another idea real quickly. Uh, just on your phone, log on, but don't put your video on and just use the audio from your phone. Just click on the, the link and then see if you can do that. Okay. Um, all right. So, Gil, uh, we were done previewing your thing. I just want to give make sure I didn't cut you off. Um, yeah, no, we're yeah, good. We're good. Um, all right. I'm going to share this real quickly uh, to a bunch of the different CAPS groups, but um, Stuart, let, let people know a little bit about your background and your fandom and um, how long you've been a CAPS fan for. Uh, if people don't weren't listening back at the, the Stanley Cup episode in 2018, uh, <laughs> just a little bit of a, a background about how you come to be a Capitals fan. Well, good evening, everybody. It's uh, always a pleasure to be on Rob's show. Uh, as Rob said, I'm Stuart Small. I actually grew up with the Caps, grew up in Landover, right down the street from the old Capitol Center. Um, hockey was really the only sport that I could play for whatever reason. And so I just became involved with it, just started following the Caps from their bad times, from the time they almost relocated all the way to going to glory with their Stanley Cup championship back in 18. And I was born and raised a Caps fan. I actually worked in sports journalism for a while. And uh, of course, I got to know the team, got even closer to the team then. And now I'm just, I'm out of journalism now. I, well, out of, I should say sports broadcasting. Now I'm just a copy editor, but I still follow my sports, still love my sports. Love my caps, love my wizards, even though they don't always love me. And I just try to embrace DC sports as much as possible. Yes. Um, yeah, Stewart's is what I would call a super fan. He's a fan of all the different DC sports. He goes to all the different games. I've seen pictures of him um, and his bear has dressed up for the occasion and, and all the different ones as well, which I love. Uh, so um, I, I love that. And, and you've 
mingled with more DC celebrities, as I'd call them, just different people, different walks of life, but all sorts of people uh, throughout the uh, DC sports fandom or even like politics or ownership groups of you know, some of these teams. So um, it, it's fun to get to pick your brain a little bit because I feel like you've gotten to see uh, DC sports from lots of different perspectives, uh, including uh, the Capitals and, and stuff like that. Um all right, let's get into it, um, and uh, hopefully Anna can uh, join us uh, through the the phone version. Um, uh, actually, you know what I'm going to do? Gil, I'm gonna, I have a suggestion for Anna, so I'm going to type this out to her. But while I do this, can you just break down some of the trades that happened at the trade deadline for the Capitals? I think that's a, an important thing as a function of these two weeks. Um, just, you know, who... You don't have to get through the, all the like the nitty gritty details of the picks, but just uh, who was shipped out and maybe who has come in that we've seen. Absolutely. I'm uh, going to try and get through this real quick. Of course, uh, the first one was from about a week and a half ago. Uh, both Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway uh, traded to Boston for several uh several draft picks, the key being their first round draft pick in 2023. More on that in a second. And uh, also we got a player back, uh, Craig Smith, uh, who uh, is already acclimating himself very well. More on that later. Um, So that was the first uh, bomb that was dropped. And then later on, there were even more deals. Uh, The other shoes were dropped. Um, No particular order. Uh, Lars Eller, I think everybody knew that uh, he was going to get packaged in some sort of deal. It turned out to be a one-for-one swap him for a 2025 third-round draft pick. Um, uh, Marcus Johansson was also dealt for a 2023 third-rounder from the Minnesota Wild. Um, And the big one was the deal with Toronto that sent uh, both the 2023 first rounder that they got from Boston in the earlier trade and um, Eric Gustafson to Toronto. And what, who they got back was a guy by the name of Rasmus Sandin and Sandin is, well, I think they're earmarking him as the future of the caps defensive core. And uh, we're going to talk about it here, but his first game was uh, pretty darn good. And if it was a preview of coming attractions, then I think we're, we're in for a treat, but uh, a bit of a note, a friend, friend of the show, uh, Tom Gobble pointed this out to me a, a couple days ago. Sandine was actually chosen two spots ahead of Alex Alexiev. So now if you think about it in that draft class, I think it was either the 2018 or the 2019 draft class. Now they have two of the top young defensemen from that draft class, which wasn't all that long ago. So as far as the future of the defense, um, they're, they're looking pretty good. And I, I have to say, I'm, I'm kind of pleasantly surprised with this retool on the fly and how it went. Yeah, for sure. Let's go back in time. And Anna, I see that you're logged on on the phone. So if you want to get the camera button and the mic button to see if that works. Hey, there she is. Yeah. I hear Yes. 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 <laughs> Yay. Anna. Anna. <laughs> right. There you uh, go. Right. I, I love like, it. Um, little technical issues just to stir things up. Right. Yep. For sure. All right. Anna, I wonderful to see your, your smiling face. Let me tell you, it's been a minute. <laughs> it's a Pisces thing, right? That's right. right. True. You fish uh, stick together. <laughs> yes. A happy early birthday to two of the people on this uh, four-person roundtable. So uh, Stuart has his birthday on Wednesday, and Anna has her birthday on Friday. 
And um, so um, I'm excited for both of you. So happy early birthday uh, to that and happy early birthday to my wife, whose birthday is actually next week, but she's letting me do the show still. So, um, but uh, so big so props to her. To I will give, yeah, so I will, I will give her major shout outs next week for that. Um, but uh, yes, flowers, all the, the whole, the whole nine, yeah. right? So, all right. Um, for time, we're going to go real quickly through all of them. Each one of you guys are going to pick two of the games you want to go more in depth after I've gone through all of them. It can be the same games. I'm going to ask everybody in the round table about them. So if, yeah, if we end up picking the same ones, it's not a big deal. Uh, but we will start with our sort of lightning round cap stock uh, now. So uh, we got uh, after we, where we left off was we lost to Carolina twice we had that e-flat guy on we talked about uh the unfortunate outdoor loss as well as the one earlier in the week and that sort of set us up for a game against detroit where in our minds if you lose that game then you're kind of in sell mode and uh there's not much you know we can do about it at that point because you know uh, these are the teams you kind of have to beat uh we did end up losing that game uh three to one um uh, Tom Wilson got the only goal uh, for the good guys in, in that one. Um, I, and that was already after it was two, nothing in the first. Uh, and then he made it two to one on the power play goal in the first, uh, nothing in the second. Um, and uh, then uh, unfortunately they were able to get one in the third. And so that was kind of that game uh, at home. And then you play the Anaheim ducks, which is one of the worst teams in the league. And so you, you have to at least win one of these games you end up losing uh, both of them. And this game was kind of a brutal loss. Um, we got on the uh, scoring sheet first. Uh, uh, TJ Oshie gets his 12th goal of the season on a power play. Uh, so things are looking good. Unfortunately, early in the second, uh, they get a goal back. Nick Jensen is able to give us the lead again, but it's for a very short period of time, uh, less than a minute. Uh, unfortunately, they come back and tie it up. And then they get two goals in the third period. One is an empty netter. So it's a little bit closer than it looks, but not much. Uh, and it's just unfortunate because they had the lead twice in this game and it escaped them. So uh, not a great way to, um, uh, you know, kind of go into this game against the Rangers. And the Rangers have been a really good team uh, this season. Uh, but here's the shocking win of that week. Uh, you know, TJ Oshie once again scores first on the power play. This 13th of the season. And then, unfortunately, a couple minutes later, the Rangers tie it up 1-1. In the second period, TJ Oshie scores again, his 14th of the season. Uh, Gustafson uh, was the assist man on both of those. He's up to 30 now on that. Made it 2-1. Tom Wilson gets a goal, his fifth of the season, assist by Trevor Rand Van Riemsdyk. And Obi's 23rd assist of the season uh, made it 3-1. Uh, Sonny Milano scores his ninth, made it 4-1. Kuzi scored his 10th, made it 5-1, and the route was on. Chris Kreider makes it a little closer, 5-2 in the third. Kuzi um, waves the bird, uh, an 11 goal of the season. Uh, Obi's 24th assist, Tom Wilson's second assist, makes it 6-2. Uh, they get one final goal back at the very end of the game in the final minute, but by that point it is 6-3, uh, and it is the best win uh, that we saw uh, you know, in, in a while because uh, up until that point, it was a six-game losing streak, right? So um, then we go to Buffalo, and this is kind of the make it or break it. It's kind of the prove it moment saying, hey, was that Giants game, a, or not Giants, sorry, Rangers game a fluke, um, and um, or, or not. 
and it kind of seemed like a fluke. Uh, Buffalo, um, was they scored early, uh, 10 minutes into the game. Dylan Strom tied it up. They scored again. Uh, TJ Oshie tied it up. But then in the second period, after the Caps were interviewed saying that they could keep up with goal scoring with Buffalo, they weren't too worried about that, which is probably not the right thing to say, because uh, then the next four goals are scored uh, by Buffalo. Then Ovi does get one back, and so does Milano. At the end of the second period, it made it actually 6-4, to four, but unfortunately they get our, their seventh uh, goal of the game in the third period. Uh, we end up losing that game 7-4. to four. So we're really kind of sellers at that point. Uh, and, and, uh, but then we, um, we flip the calendar into March and we go on this road swing and we're playing some of the worst teams, uh, out West. And the first one is the Anaheim Ducks game. Uh, this is kind of an interesting and exciting game. Um, uh, the first, uh, period, uh, Favari scores his fifth, uh, it's a uh, one, nothing, uh, for the Caps. Then they unfortunately tie it up a few minutes later. Wilson scores so early into the third period. There's no scoring in the second. I thought that that was going to give us some momentum. Um, that was the sixth of the season. He's been on fire lately. Uh, anyway, made it 2-1. Unfortunately, about four minutes later, um, they tie it up 2-2. Uh, but Tom Wilson uh, wants to uh, get the W. And uh, with a minute and, and nine seconds, um, uh, Tom Wilson scores his seventh of the season. TJ Oshie's 12th assist, Alexio's third assist, and it made it three to two. And so Tom Wilson has had a hell of a week, yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's been really impressive to watch. Uh, anyway, so we got one last game uh, to break down uh, for the Capitals, uh, and then I'm going to get all your guys' thoughts. And that's the San Jose game. And this was a blowout with a lot of these new players uh, in the mix. So unfortunately, in the first period, we were all out of sorts. We allowed 20 shots on goal, which is not a good recipe in any game. We're down 0-2 uh, at the end of the first period. But in the second period, we just um, really had a dominant period. Craig Smith gets his fifth of the season, um, gets the first goal. Um, uh, Nicolas Abe Kubel. Um, after getting the contract extension, which a lot of people had questions about and whether we should or shouldn't uh, do, he pays what I would call immediate dividends um, and uh, scores his third in the season. Uh, Matt <clears throat> Irwin scores his first goal of the season. Um, our new uh, defensive player, another Carlson, but this one's spelled differently, Carl's son uh, with two S's, uh, Gabriel, that is, uh, his first assist. Um, and Abiquil's seventh assist made it three to two. And Craig Smith got on the board again, his sixth of the season. And Rasmus Sandin, his 17th assist of the season. Dylan Strom's 29th made it 4 2. Uh, TJ Oshie scores in the third, his 16th, another power play goal for TJ Oshie. Uh, he's been doing well from um, playing in that grouping. Uh, Alex Ovechkin's 25th assist and uh, Sandin's 18th. Um, and then they get a goal back, make it five, three OB scores the next two, uh, Wilson gets one assist. Uh, Gabriel Carlson gets another assist. Sandine gets his third assist of the game. Um, and, um, Vincent, is it Oreo? How do you pronounce that Gil? I, Iorio. Iorio. Vincent mm-hmm. Iorio, uh, gets his first point of his career. And it's an assist to Alex Ovechkin on his, uh, 35th goal of the season. 
um, which is, I'm sure, something that he will never forget. Um, and uh, Dylan Strom gets his 14th goal of the season at the end of that period uh, to give us eight goals. And Sonny Milano got an assist on that one. So just a route. Um, hard to tell whether we're playing two of the worst teams in hockey or like they're starting to gel with some of these different players in the mix. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, I just spit a lot at you guys. Uh, so I'm going to have you guys help give your take on it now. Uh, we're going to start with our special guest, Stuart. Pick, I'm going to have each of you guys pick two games, but tell me one game now that you want to talk a little bit more about, and then I'll get Anna and Gil's take on that game as well. Well, Rob, thank you. Um, if I may, I really don't want to focus on a game so much as the entire um, the entire team as it is now because with some games you have players who played who are now elsewhere in other games you have players who we didn't have before who are here now so I think right now this is a team in transition as you mentioned at the top we were sellers at the trade deadline which and I mentioned this to you earlier Robbie that to me, this was one of the heaviest trade deadlines league-wise. In fact, I think there was, I was reading something, I think there was something like 40 or 45 deals made that week. And I think it would be unfair to just single out a game to talk about, I think it would be unfair to single out just one game to try to get a beat on where this team is now. Because I think you have players who are trying to, show they want to stay here they want to impress you mentioned Mr. Smith you Mr. mentioned Bradness Sundin and you also mentioned the other the other uh, younger guy who we have now I think right now we need to just step back let's see where this team is now let's see if these guys can continue contributing to see if they're going to be a part of this franchise for the near future and to hopefully get it back to where they're somewhat more competitive to compete with the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers of the world. Yeah. But having, let me just say one more thing, B Mac, I will say, I think he did a really, really, really wonderful job this time around trying to stockpile all those draft picks to try to get this team younger. Because if you look back, you alluded to the two losses to Carolina it seemed like they were skating figure eights around us. We were skating in mug. We were looking slow. We really didn't have energy. I think these young guys who are coming in and want to show what they can do are going to give that little spark that this team needs right now. It was getting older and now this team needs to get younger. And I think what BMAC has done, not only in stockpiling all these draft picks, but also getting these young guys who can play now is going to be key going forward. So I really want to spend these next couple of months just to see where these guys fit in, how these guys fit in, and to take it from there. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, one thing I do want to mention, because I, I did love Anna and Gill's show this week, and I wanted to spotlight some parts of it. Um, I really did like hearing about the road game um, and uh, getting to hear C4 talk about going uh, to Buffalo, even though it was a loss. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting perspective on uh, the hockey fans out there and how excited <clears throat> they are uh, this year. And uh, so I thought that part was really cool. So I hope people go back and listen to Gil and Anna's uh, podcast, uh, the PowerPoint Point podcast about that. Um, 
I also, I, I think I agree with you that there's a lot of players in different teams. I know that Gil kind of um, uh, talked some trash about Mantha and I, I agree with him, you know, and it sucks because I wanted to wear my Mantha Ray shirt tonight and like try to argue against it, but I can't like he's wasting space and I think he should be bought out. And that's, that's really sad. You know, I don't, we haven't had a player where I feel like we need to buy them out for a very, very long time. So I, I, that goes to speak to your statement about Brian McClellan doing a good job. Right. I mean, you're not going to get hit on everything. And anyone who's armchair GMs sitting on Facebook who say that they, you know, they'll make better picks or, you know, they have a better you know, finger on the pulse than these guys who have been in the league for so many years, because he's been involved in so many parts of the Capitals organization, even before he was in this role. Right. So mm-hmm. he's he's been a part of and developed so many players and he understands <laughs> that. And without him, we would never have won the Stanley Cup. Right. So exactly. it's like. And so no one in the in the crowd is going to have that kind of, I don't know, clout, you know, insight, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I don't think Laviolette's necessarily lost the room. I think he's been dealt a pretty terrible hand this year. But it's funny because this season reminds me a lot of 2018. A lot of adversity, wanting the coaches and GMs head, and then all of a sudden, for some reason, it all just kind of turned around, Right. And I'm hoping that this could be the kind of moment for them. And it could be. We're only a couple points out. I know that we have to jump a lot of teams. Uh, but, Gil, uh, is, do you think you still just go for it and you hope for the best this season? Or, you know, how do you kind of pl- – how does this play out in your mind? Well, I mean, with the with this much-needed injection of, of youth and enthusiasm, uh, you know, like, like Stuart said, this is – what we're seeing is, in, in effect – an audition for who wants to stay, who wants to be part of the long-term plans. This is a great opportunity for all of those younger players to show that they can contribute to the team short and long-term. So when you consider that, then what you're going to get is very interesting hockey to watch. I don't know if this team is going to make the playoffs, but you know what, since they're not quite out of it yet, it's still going to take quite a bit for them to be mathematically eliminated. So they're, they're nowhere near that. We're only talking 18 games. So I say, why not go for it? And if, if you fall out of the playoffs, okay, that's fine. No big loss. We kind of resigned ourselves to figuring that that was going to be our fate anyway, since we were sellers at the deadline. So no big loss here. But the most important thing is, is the right guys getting the playing time and developing using this 18 to 20 games to solidify their position long-term on the team, especially the defense, because that's been a sore point for years with this team. Yeah, it's just, it's tough because where we are, the worst is to be like that one spot outside. I mean, the commanders, you know, got to be basically in that spot this year. It's just tough. It's just the question of is just five or six positions in the draft matter, you know, and it's hard to know with, you know, who you're going to get at what spots and, you know, it doesn't always pan out that way. It, it does the number one spots, not always the best player, you know? And so, um, well, if, if I can jump in, not to interrupt yeah, you, Rod, but yeah. if I can jump in, make a quick couple of comments about that. Um, one, this coming draft is supposed to be the deepest in years. And as far as the number one, not necessarily being the best player, well, um, insiders 
say that Connor Bedard is going to be the de facto number one. Um, I don't know if he's a generational talent, but um, he's pretty close to the talent level of, say, a Connor McDavid from what I've seen. Um, I don't know if he'll be that good, but he has that potential. So he's going to be the number one regardless. But this draft class is extremely deep. And I think the Caps are going to get somebody special, assuming they hang on to that pick. Yeah, but do you? Th- so I, there's no way we're getting to the, that number one spot in the lottery anyway. I mean, the likelihood is very, very small. So I guess the difference is, you know, in that middle spots, you know, does four or five positions matter? You know, and that's, you know, it would be hard to know. We probably won't know for years if it did. Uh, so it's I kind of am in the mindset you go for it too, and you try to go as hard as you can and help develop these players. And who knows, uh, maybe it'll save Lobby's uh, career here. Uh, and <laughs> what, what are, what are some of your thoughts um, um, over all the last two weeks with all these players coming and going and uh, what is your pulse in the team? Yeah, I, I will say I would, I, I think my biggest shock, my, my big kind of single tier was uh, losing Gus. I really thought that he had a ton of uh, potential uh, we already know my Orla feelings, so good luck to him in Boston. Um, would have liked to have seen Hathaway stay, but, you know, these things happen. But I will say, yeah, Stuart has a point, you know, it's like we have different uh, rosters kind of going uh, from two weeks ago to to recently. Um, I think the the Rangers was a huge win. I wish we would have continued to have the W's be a little bit more consistent but for me, I will say if I had to, to pick a game um, out of the last two weeks, it definitely would have been the Sharks game. Mainly because I like what Gil and I talked about yesterday, but my big thing was when this team drops all of that, um, you know, tension and, and just goes out and actually plays hockey and has fun. And we start to see smart passes and uh, smart just smart hockey overall, you know, and, and this wasn't a, excuse me, it wasn't a 60 minute game, obviously, because the first period was like, what the hell? <laughs> um, but it gave those, the, the new guys a chance to come. It gave uh, all of the fans an opportunity to see new skill, new speed. Um, hopefully, you know, the young legs and, and to see new chemistry. And I think that it's there. And I just hope that so when we go, you know, tonight against uh, L.A., just keep that, you know, keep it, keep the lines going, keep it, you know, keep it fun, because I think that's when they play their best hockey. And I just feel like at that time, it's, you know, at this one, it's like, just just go with it, you know, so stop, stop fucking around with the lines and, and just just leave it as is and trust your trust your lines trust that chemistry because whatever was said in the locker room in that after the first period of the Sharks game, uh, woke those players up and that's what we need to see more of. Um, and it's definitely there, definitely there. And I think, um, Iorio, Iorio, I think he's going to be one to watch for. I mean, my God, he's like 20 <laughs> and it's like, why not? And, you know, and his, uh, passion for the game, but it's, it's not even, Oh, he grew up be idolizing um, Ovi. Yeah, well, uh, so many of these other players did. It's his speed and skill and drive that got him where he is today. So let's put it on our lines. Why not? Yeah. 
I don't know. I just, I don't know what to expect. It's just hard to tell how this team will do against better teams. Let's talk a little bit about this Kings game. That's tonight. Uh, I'll sort of give people the rundown of how the Kings have been doing and I'll get all you guys takes on. on no, without this one. Quick. <laughs> yeah, I know that's that, huge. That, that trade is so interesting. We can start there. Like, they try to offload him which in, in kind of a dirty move in my mind because I don't think he's staying in the league for that many more seasons. They could have just kept him and have him retire a king because now they're going to want him back and like to, so that way he could say, oh, he always was one, right? And right. so it's just for a little bit of capital. I just don't know. In my, mind, as yeah, hell. in my mind, you, you don't do somebody dirty that way. It's been in the face of your franchise for that long. Like, can you imagine <laughs> trading Ovi for capital like at the very end of his career for a couple no. of games? Like that's crazy. And at it's the very crazy. least, they could have traded him to a contender, although he ended up in Vegas. So who knows what's going to happen there? But it just seems to me someone like that. I think back to when the Caps were making one of their their um fire sales and they traded Dale Hunter to the Colorado Avalanche for a chance to win a cup there. It didn't work out, but at least out of respect for him and what he's meant to the organization, they gave him a chance to win a ring elsewhere. And I, I was a little surprised to see that LA sent him to, I think it was the wild. And Columbus. 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. seemed strange that they would send him there, knowing. Well, that. and he was shocked too, and and that's always like, oh, and, where's your and he's, loyalty? And he said he wasn't going to report, which I, I, that's crazy. That sucks. Yeah, and like, and it sucks for those couple of fans that like bought quick jerseys and made them up with like all the information, <laughs> and then then it comes out that he doesn't even want to play for your team, so now you're stuck with a 250 piece of. Yeah, one day memorabilia. Like I, I don't know. That, that's, that's why I never buy the jersey of current players because so often they'll either tear their ACLs, they'll get released, or something like yeah. that. So I, I don't buy any jerseys. <laughs> I don't buy any jerseys at all. You, I have my fan favorites, but no, I don't. I don't I, for that exact I was reason. Very nervous this trade because oh. there's a lot of rumors, and I was like. Oh hell no! Like you know, so like <laughs> well, you know I just you know, got this. I was like, I would have been, you know. Well, yeah. Robbie, you know about the big one that almost happened involving Wilson. The the rumor that was about him to the Pittsburgh. No, the one of him going to Minnesota for Ryan Reeves. Uh, Shut up. <laughs> 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 uh, In fact, Ryan Reeves is going to take number forty three. So uh, <laughs> right. that. Wow, that would have been something. Whisting that knife. <laughs> oh, I right. Anna's going to smack God, me. I hate that guy. <laughs> going to smack me. Yeah, her hand's going to come through the Zoom. Um, all right, let's go take a look at the Kings. So the Kings have beaten the Blues 4-2, beaten um, the Canadians 3-2, beat the Winnipeg Jets 6-5, lost to the Rangers 5-2, and beat the Islanders 3-2. And they played the Rangers right around the same time period as us. So that's the only real comparable game, you know, in the last five. Uh, but we've talked about it already. We have a very different team. Um, and the Rangers uh, are an interesting anomaly, right? Because they on paper look like one of the best teams uh, in years, but I don't know if that's all going to work out for them in the end. Um, but anyway, so let's talk about the Kings. Uh, they've, you know, won a bunch coming into this, including uh, the last three. Um, all of these games, the last two were at home. So part of this 
homestand here that they're playing. Uh, the game against um, the uh, the Blues happened on Saturday, uh, so they've had a little bit of rest coming into this one. Um, it's obviously a new look Kings. Oh, the final thought is, uh, on that trade before we finish that was, I can't believe they would never have traded him to Vegas, like their rival team. But now he gets to play on their rival, and he's going to be mad whenever he plays them, you know. Uh, so I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, and uh, it's tough because um, I want him, and I want Orloff, and I want some of these other players to do well. So it's tough because they're going to teams that I naturally hate, you know, in Vegas and Buffalo and Boston. Um, but it's tough because I, I still want you know success for them. I've always liked Quick. He's uh, one of the greatest American goalies of all time. He's still just a couple uh, of wins away, I want to say, from second all-time. Is that right, Gil, on the all-time American wins list? Far as uh, wins by an American goalie, uh, if I remember right, uh, Mike Richter uh, has that record. Um, yeah. Let's see. I'm yeah, I'm researching that as quick as I can. Oh, I, uh, okay, I, I no, got you. no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank, thank you, Anna, um, uh, for hanging the buck. So they paid okay. me the big bucks. Okay, so um, let's He's see. Games spot. played. Uh, no, right. <laughs> okay, so it's Ryan Miller that yeah. uh, has the record with 391 wins, and right. Jonathan Quick actually needs 20 to tie. Right. Um, he's actually third on, on the list of American goalies. Um, and John Van Beesbrook is in, is in between them. Uh, but yeah, Jonathan Quick would actually need to win 20 more games. So unfortunately, that that's not going to be possible because they've already played the, um, the well, he's with Vegas now. Vegas has already played 63 games. So even if he got into all the no, rest of their right, 19 right, no, games, it's, it's that he's trying to get for second, I think was the thing. And he only needs okay. like three more wins for second, right? What he could get this year. And if he stayed for another year, then maybe he could go for Ryan Miller's. So yeah. I, I, I don't think, I don't think he's playing beyond this year. All the, the, the scuttlebutt I'm hearing is that uh, he's retiring after this year. Right. So maybe he can try to get three more wins though and try to, you know uh, who knows? I mean, these are regular season wins, though, so the playoffs yeah. obviously don't help him right. in that. But um, anyway, so what are your thoughts going back to the Kings now? I'll start off with you, Gil. Uh, what are your thoughts on playing them? Um, I'm going to be bold here. I'm not the least bit impressed with them at all. They've lost to a lot of weaker teams in the Western Conference. I'm not, well, and and in the Eastern Conference, a lot of teams they should have beaten, they, they can't seem to beat. Um I'm not impressed by anybody in the Western conference for that matter. Cause I don't think I, I, I look up and down the standings. I don't see anybody that's capable of winning the cup, not even Colorado. I doubt they're going to repeat. They've had so many injury problems this year. You know, they, they've just now scraped back into a, a division spot uh, that might get hot during the playoffs, but I can't see out anybody out of the West winning, you know, much. So uh, at Los Angeles is, is kind of a, a middle of the road team. I mean, on paper, they look impressive. Uh, Andre Kopitar is, is, is Andre Kopitar. He's probably one of the greatest two-way players to ever play the game, but you know, and Kevin Fiala, uh, he's, he's pretty good, leads the team in, in a few offensive categories. Goaltending is solid, but this team doesn't do one thing very, very well but they also don't do anything really badly either. So 
I mean, they're beatable is, is, is what, you know, what I, how I would evaluate them. And I think the caps can surprise them if they take the attack to them um, and use their newfound speed <clears throat> against them. I, I think they've got a good chance of winning this game. If, if mm-hmm. in the last sense. game, the last 40 minutes, there's a very good chance they can come away with two points. All right. If they uh, play like they did against the Sharks, they've got a very yeah, good absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. Any any additional comments you wanted to add to that? No, I I just feel like going. I think with with the Capitals now, like we can't even look at at past couple of games because all of a sudden here we are with this fantastic win against the Rangers and a really shitty loss against the Ducks. <laughs> you know, it's like we're just sort of all over the place. So why not just ride the wave now with the Sharks? uh win and in that roster and those lines and and let's hope we just continue it going forward and i do think there's potential to beat the kings absolutely yeah if you win the run the table in march uh, you know anything's possible right so um uh stuart what are some of your thoughts i was just gonna say i just think at this point and we kind of alluded to it earlier really this team is just trying to find its footing it's trying to find itself yeah who is going to stay here? Who is going to not be here? This really is an audition for the future. Now, if we get in somehow sneak into the playoffs during that, that audition, you know, wonderful. But at this point, I just want to see what we have, who yeah. can play where and who can show up night in night out. Okay. You gave me, for example, two goals and assists, the other night can you do the same tonight if not can you do something else defensively can you take on their right. top line really i think this is just a team that's trying consistent to find <laughs> exactly they consistent and chemistry those are the two like big c's i want to see come right. on now right i kind of just i'm kind of just looking at it as glorified preseason games now like i said if we get into the playoffs wonderful but right now i want to see what this team has and putting all that together. Really, yep. I think that should be the top priority. Obviously, you want to win. Obviously, you want to get into the playoffs. But if that doesn't happen, let's see what we have. And then let's build on that next year. Yeah. yeah. It's good. These next couple of games are going to be really interesting uh, towards that end, uh, just because um, if you look at you know where the standings are, just so people have some general sense on how it looks. Right now, Washington's in the sixth spot. Um, with 68 points, but they find themselves tied with Florida, who has 68 points, Ottawa, 68 points, and Buffalo, 68 points. And then the team that sits in the second wild card spot is the dreaded Pittsburgh Penguins at 71, only three points ahead of us, right? So it's not that you know crazy. Usually, when you jump teams, there's more points spreading them out, right? It's not usually like a win could jump all of them, right? So, right. um I just think that's something to think about. And the Islanders sit at 72 points. So they're only, you know, basically a half of a win above where the Pittsburgh is. So, you know, there's basically, you know, six teams fighting for two spots here. Uh, And uh, so it's just something to talk about because the Islanders uh, are one of the teams that we're fighting for position. Also, New Jersey yeah, they're at, at 88, have had a good season, but they're the other team we're playing this week. So it's a kind of a really cool uh, benchmark, uh, if you will, uh, for uh, the Capitals here. So their upcoming games, again, 
the the first one is a very short homestand. Uh, it's a one game homestand. Uh, Thursday, March 9th uh, at New Jersey. Oh, sorry, New Jersey coming to town at seven, and then uh, we turn around two days later, um, and it's Saturday game. It's at the Islanders, seven thirty game, and uh, then the following Tuesday they'll play the Rangers. So I wonder if they'll even come back. They'll probably just make it. They'll probably just uh, stay up in New York, is my assumption uh, for that. But uh, between uh, the Jersey game again, that's at home at seven, and the Islanders game on the road seven thirty on the ninth and eleventh. Uh, I'm going to let each one of you guys pick one game you want to talk about. Um, I'm going to start off with our special guest, Stuart. Is there a certain game that you're looking to of the two or you're, or something interesting in one of those games? Well, I would like, I'm kind of interested in the Buffalo game since they're tied, currently tied with Buffalo right now. In fact, they have a couple of games with Buffalo coming with them. Islanders. I said Buffalo. Why do I have <laughs> Buffalo on my mind? <laughs> yeah, no, I want to see him against the Islanders. I mean, yeah. again, we're trying to find ourselves. We're trying to fit the pieces together. Let's see what these pieces can do against one of the upper teams in the league right now. Let's see what they got against the Islanders. I want to see what these boys can do. Yeah, I think that that is uh, it'll be a really interesting. Uh, these are both really interesting because of where they are currently standings. But Gil, which one of the two uh, do you want to talk about? Um, I am, I would love to see what they do, uh, when they finally come home, uh, the team that they have now finally come home against the devils, uh, been hearing for a while, how good this team is. Um, and I guess some of us were kind of hoping me included that, uh, maybe they fizzle out. They haven't, um, to their credit. So, um, they're a benchmark team to be sure. So I want to see how this new unit fares against um, a, a team that has has managed to put it together. Uh, of course, the goaltending they've got. Um, they've got the the near generational player in in Jack Hughes. They've got a solid defense. Um, and but I think once these a lot of these guys that are have just joined the team, once they get that taste of what Capital One Arena can sound like, I, I want to see I want to see how those guys can react to that, can feed off of that. I'd love to see how, you know, they, they acclimate to that because uh, it w- used to be that the Caps were a, a feared team to play in that building, not so much anymore. And I think with, with a lot of these guys that have had the legs to play a 60 minute game might be a new chapter in that might be something that, that turns around for them might be, you know, at least more interesting to watch. Uh, for for the fans in cap one so that that's that's the game i'm keying on for this week yeah and anna between those two games which one are you keying in on mm, i honestly don't really have an opinion either way because i just feel like i want to see the same line for tonight for the kings and i want to see them bring it home uh against the devils and and play i just want to see that consistency and and yeah i think the new players coming out uh, to to the to the Caps fans will be fantastic for them. Um, but I, I just want to see a consistent line, and I want to con- I want to see sixty minutes of hockey with um, you know the team that we know and love, and and just get out there and and play. My God, like let's just do it already. Yeah, well, it'll be exciting. Uh, this Kings game is coming up just shortly. 
Uh, if you're watching live on Twitch, you can see we've got a live score bug above my head uh, that'll have the score as it starts in just about 30 minutes. So uh, a fun way to kind of get us ready for that. I know it's a, a late game. I'm not sure how late I will stay up for it, uh, but um, obviously how they do in each period will justify whether or not I stay up another period uh, for them. Uh, I'm sure that many on this call are in the similar boat. Uh, so, so, um, but this has been super fun. You know, Stuart, you are welcome anytime to join us for Caps Talk. Uh, I, I really enjoyed, uh, this wonderfully. I'm going to let, uh, our other two power play point podcast guests go. I'm going to do our kind of farewell with them, but I'm going to keep you on the line and we're going to talk a little bit of defenders in just a second, but Gil, I'll start with you. Um, any final thoughts of things that people should be looking towards? I know that you're trying to highlight women in hockey, but let people know about this week's podcast and the upcoming ones as well. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, another little uh, thing I'd like to throw out there for this episode is we talk a little bit about the um, PWHPA, it's Professional Women's Hockey uh, Players Association. We're actually in town. Uh, they were at the MCI uh, for their the Secret Dream Gap Tour. Uh, all four teams played uh, kind of a mini tournament to uh, build up the standings. They're coming towards their championships. Uh, so we talk about that a little bit, and uh, hopefully uh, somebody, uh, some of you out there caught that. And again, Women's History Month, we're looking for female Caps fans who want to get on, and, and uh, the spotlight's on you. You want to talk about the team, talk about your experience in hockey. I know a lot of you out there play the game. Love to hear about that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's who we're looking for these next few weeks in March. Um, I'm not – I'm going to drop a bit of a bomb here. Um, next – this coming episode is going to be something special. I'm not going to say anything more than that. And Anna knows what I'm talking about. Uh, but this this coming episode is going to be a bit more special than, than usual. So and, I'm and, jumping uh, out of my own birthday cake. <laughs> I'm tuning in. Oh, hey, yeah. sorry, sorry, I couldn't keep it in. Yo, I thought um, it was going to be we were buying the football team. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah exactly. If only. Right. <laughs> But, uh, but yes, Gil, I've, uh, I've loved having you on. It was great celebrating uh, 300 a couple of weeks with you uh, ago with you. And again, if people uh, right click on the podcast partners button on our website, uh, opening that in a new tab, it'll list out all of our partner podcasts and power play point podcast is right there. Or you can just search power play point podcast on any of the podcast platforms and you can catch both of them. So thank you, Gil. I'm going to keep Anna on for a second, but I really appreciate Gil as always. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks Robbie. Pleasure being on again. All right. And Anna, talk to you soon, Gil. I, um, Bye, guys. we didn't get Thank to you, enjoy 300 together a couple of weeks ago. I was a little bummed about that, but uh, I'm so thankful that you've been a part of this show for so many seasons now and uh, been a, such a big influence. And um, I'm happy that you've been able to give the female perspective, you know, on hockey and, and a lot of sports, you know, about 49ers and, and other <laughs> things as well. Um, and maybe I'll even get you into some XFL football if you listen to the next segment, because um, the defenders are pretty awesome. I definitely think that you like football and I think you would really enjoy um, the defenders since you don't have, there are no San Francisco teams to rival us uh, in, in this right. sport at least. Um but uh, 
Anna, you, you've been such a, a great member of this team, and I didn't get to formally congratulate you in 300, although we did mention you, obviously. Uh, but thank you so much for being such a big part of this the last couple of seasons. And uh, I'm so looking forward to the next couple of weeks uh, breaking down you know, how the Caps do on uh, this season because it's going to be such an interesting transitional time for them. And uh, Absolutely. I really appreciate your insight for all of that. And uh, I just wanted you to know that before I let you go tonight. Uh, well, thank you. I'm humbled <laughs> and humbled and, and speechless, which is rare for me, but I appreciate <laughs> the opportunity. I, I know I'm always like, oh, I got to go to bed, but I do look forward to these shows and you guys do a fantastic job. And I'm honored to have 300 episodes. That's really incredible. So good for you guys. Cheers to you. And yeah, let's hope this team just has some fun and just kicks ass the next couple of games. Yeah, I, I do too. It'll be a fun, it'll be a fun week to break down. Hopefully it'll be a positive week and it will be like the what the spurring on the momentum like we talked about in 2018 when we covered that run. Um, and uh, hopefully we can bring some of this uh, Stuart Juju with us since uh, last time he was on was that year, right? So maybe that's the uh, that's the key uh, to bring back the, the magic. So, uh, but Anna, I hope that you have a fantastic week and we'll uh, talk Thank to you, you next week. Next week, we're going to be doing a March Madness special uh, where we're breaking down March Madness as well. So we'll start with some caps. Um, I may even see if C4 wants to join us uh, for some caps oh. talk as well. Um, you know, I'll see what her availability is. Uh, that would be kind of a fun guess uh, for Women's History Month as well. And, um, you know, someday I'd love uh, to get Haley back on. She was such an incredible guest. Oh, that was such the, a fun episode. On the on the show. And the fact that she did even two shows with us is amazing to have an Olympian on. And uh, I'd love to bring her back on someday. I know she's still doing some big stuff with the team and she's an ambassador of the team uh, and helps with women's sports and hockey as well. And uh, so she's fantastic. So shout out to her as well. Uh, but uh, Anna, thank you so much. And we'll definitely have you on for the March Madness special uh, next week. Of course. And uh, let's see, uh, Stuart, have a fantastic birthday. I'm sure I'll find a fun meme or something to send you. Okay. Look happy, forward. Happy birthday right. to Have a good show, well. guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Anna. Bye. Bye. All right. Um, so, yeah, happy hey. early birthday to Anna. And uh, we're going to bring in uh, DC's uh, People's Champ um, and uh, uh, in here. Uh, Champ, how are you doing tonight? Hello, everybody. Glad to be hey, champ. Glad to be talking about how you doing, Stuart? Glad to be talking about a very successful start to the season for the DC Defenders and what looks like a really fun team to, to watch. Nice. Champ, you're a little bit low, coming in a little yeah. bit lower than us. I don't know if you can boost your mic signal a little bit. Let me see. Hang on just a second. So uh, while he's trying to figure that out, I'm going to use this opportunity. How about now? My oh, much so better, much better. Much there better, champ. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. And now it gave me time to change the graphics. And so pro streamer, now we're DC Defenders uh, talk. So um, so we've got uh, Champ on, uh, who's a big uh, Defenders fan. He's uh, going to help us break down the last two weeks. Uh, then we've got Stuart here, who's gone to the first two home games of the season, um, including uh, this most recent one. So we'll break that down uh, with him as well. And then we'll also quickly preview uh, the upcoming big game uh, that's also a home game uh, on the Sunday at 7 o'clock 
um, and uh, that I'm very excited about. It's going to be interesting. There's two 3-0 and teams playing two 0-3 teams this week. Uh, so I thought that was interesting to see how – I always I always enjoy watching how the schedule pans out over time because they don't really know – you know, what the rivalries are going to be or anything about any of that. But they were kind of hoping that some of these, by scheduling a couple of games, not back-to-back, but within a couple of games of each other with the same teams, might create some of the rivalries that the original XFL was kind of known for. And uh, so far, especially with this most recent game, I think that they um, are getting a little bit of what they wanted uh, with that. Um, I'm going to start with you, Stuart, and talk just a little bit about um, how you decided to become a season ticket holder of, um, of this team, uh, and, uh, what your thoughts were on the first game, uh, of the season, since we're, we're going to cover more of the other two, but just how you thought the season started for them before these most recent two games. Hey, um, I decided to get season tickets as you know, and for those of you who don't know, I take pictures at these games. I love shooting games and it's so funny hockey is my favorite sport to watch I love taking pictures at the games but football is my favorite sport to shoot because so much goes on not just with the ball carrier but things going on away from the ball that I kind of like getting the different aspects of it and so yes as you can see some of my pictures from Sunday so I figured this would be a chance to kind of get back into it because I've been boycotting the NFL A lot of it is because of Mr. Snyder. And of course, he was greeted with a lot of lovely cheers at this past Sunday's game, but also just some of the shenanigans that the NFL is doing in terms of covering for Mr. Snyder, as well as some of the other things that it has been doing of late. So I kind of got away from football, haven't watched the games, haven't been watching the Super Bowls as I have used to, but I figured this would be a good time to actually get back into it, check it out, and maybe have some fun enjoying the game. And actually, the pictures you're seeing right now, I must admit, this is my first time not using autofocus. So I was really doing a lot of experimenting. I got some good stuff. I got some stuff that needs some work, if you will. But anyway, long story short, as for the defenders, my initial impressions are I love their defense. Greg Williams has them gang tackling the ball carrier. They're forcing turnovers, which is definitely a big part of the game. It's the name of the game. It separates the men from the boys. And a lot of times it will determine who's going to be the champion, who's going to be sitting at home come summer. And I like the fact that they first, they force turnovers. That cornerback Joseph has had two pick sixes. He's definitely turned into I guess you could say our shutdown corner, although in fairness, the pick six from this past weekend was because the the um, wide receiver fell down. But I love the defense. I love the way they get after the ball carry, and they, they're definitely making some great plays. Having said that, offense has to protect the ball better. Too many turnovers. Um, there's no reason why we should have had a turnover near the end of the game as all we were trying to do was run out the clock. We have to protect the ball better. But I think this team's off to a good start. If we can just get the offense a little more in the way of consistent, they are definitely, definitely a favorite to be the XFL champion. But again, 
offense has to work out some things. The play calling has to be a little better as well. Going back to that first game, I didn't like them going for it on fourth down in the opposing team's 40 when they could have just simply tried to pin them deep in their territory and make them go the length of the field. Fortunately, we were able to get a turnover. Once again, turnovers, get a fumble at the goal line and recover it to salt away the victory. But offense has some things we need to work on. But that's kind of my impressions of these first few games. Yeah, um, I think that's really helpful. You had some great pitches here. Sorry, I was just sharing uh, to a couple of XFL groups because I wanted to see if uh, any of them wanted to talk XFL with us on uh, Facebook as well. But, um, you know, I'm a photographer. That's what I do uh, professionally as well uh, for a school. It's one of many different jobs I do. But uh, so I'm always super into photography. I used to teach a um, a photography class in the high school there as well. So um, just because I'm a, a camera head, do you, do you, are you Sony? Are you Nikon? Well, who do you go with? I am Canon. Canon. Okay. There you I'm go. Canon, but I use a Tamron lens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. that's been my go-to, and that's been, it's been a godsend for me over these last 20-some-odd years doing this. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I am a Nikon user, but I also, does Tamron also make Nikon lenses? I don't they know. Do. Yeah, yeah they I think. For, for Canon and Tamron. Yeah, that's, I think that's actually who I use as well for my my long, you know, uh, lens, so um but yeah, no, I think you, you you sort of captured the moment and, you know, the running game is such an important part of, you know, our team and our identity through the, the early game. And I like that running style plus, you know, hard-nosed defense. It reminds me of the old school Redskins teams, right? Yes. That that a lot of the, you know, people were such big, you know, fans of. Um, and uh, yeah, um, Chip, what are some of your thoughts Um on uh well why don't you go back a, a little ways to the vegas game and give your thoughts on that one all right so that vegas game was absolutely a very sloppy game for this team in not only the offensive play but the conditions it was raining it was wet it was slipping there was even a point in the game where uh the kick on the kickoff the kicker slipped and it barely got past the 20 which was a penalty uh, in the XFL, it didn't get past the 20, so it was a penalty in the XFL. Uh, but the crazy part about that Vegas game was the first half, the offense was terrible. They had six offensive possessions, and half of those possessions ended in a turnover, a fumble, and the other three were punts. So the offense was terrible the first half. So clearly, uh, Coach Barlow went in that locker room and did made some adjustments, and they went right to – Round and pound. They they went to the ground. They ran the ball. Ran, 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 and that's where their successes started to come offensively. Was keeping the ball on the ground and running. Uh, all their touchdowns came on the ground. Uh, they were able to gr just grind out that defense, wear out that defense, and were able to come back and get the victory. So they were able to adjust, knowing that the weather conditions were not conducive to passing the football. They were. They knew that they had to run the football in order to be successful, and that's what they were able to do not only with their running backs but their quarterbacks as well. So that's what was the 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 key there. But I hate the fact that it took for them to do it in the fight the second thirty minutes of this of this game of this game and not the entire game. And because if they, I think if they had done it the entire game, I think this would have been a bit a much bigger blowout than it was. They ended up scoring eighteen unanswered points. 
but it took them thir- the final 30 minutes of the game to get that 18 points instead of being able to do it in the first half. So I think that's where they have to figure they got to figure out their offensive identity. They have two mobile quarterbacks and they're using as mobile quarterbacks using RPOs and stuff like that. But they really need to gain a, a true identity of who they are offensively and what they can do offensively because their defense is solid. Their defense is absolutely solid, but their offense is like like Stewart said earlier on, they're too inconsistent when it comes to their offense. They have to gain some consistency and let and just develop themselves in order to be able to be in game because they know their defense is going to keep them in games, but the offense has got to be able to be able to push them forward. You know, there's an old saying, offense gets the glory. But defense wins championships. And if that were to apply to this team, you're looking at the XFL champions right now. But that doesn't that theory doesn't apply onto the field. That theory doesn't isn't played on the field. Plays are made on the field. And so offense has to be able to not only get the glory, but also get the points so that the defense can do its job and they can win championships. Yeah. For some reason you're flickering your video, so yeah, let me see. Yeah, there it goes. Uh, I was gonna try to help. That's you, you know what, Robbie? I've, I've I've noticed something that it only seems to happen on Zoom. Everywhere else where I use video, it doesn't happen. But on Zoom, this happens. I don't know. What's yeah, going on. it has happening to uh, Gil earlier too. So there's definitely something wrong with uh, the Zoom software. But anyway, we make do with what we got. But we just all we have to do is reset the camera, and it seems to work for at least a little bit. So anyway, um. I'm going to get, uh, Stuart, I want to get your so- thoughts on that uh, road game real quickly. I'm going to actually turn on a screen in my um, uh, man cave while while you give your thoughts. Okay. Uh, well, I just pretty much want to piggyback on Champ's, uh, what Champ had said earlier. It is true that, first of all, I think they need to stick with the running game more. It seems like when they pound the ball, they have their most success. Also, they got to protect the ball better. Too many turnovers, too many sloppy plays. You alluded to it earlier. They were very sloppy the first half. Now, you could say a lot of it was the weather and the conditions weren't exactly um, the best in the world, especially when it comes to the field. I know you heard about that, but I actually saw it in the third game as well. It seems like they get away from the running game to too quickly because they're not patient they want to pass more and also maybe i'm just a purist in this but i wish we'd settle on one quarterback and stick with said quarterback i don't like the platooning idea yeah yeah i do not love the idea yeah i'm not i'm not a fan of that either you need to have one quarterback and let that 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 individual be the quarterback this whole mixing and matching quarterbacks doesn't work for me they 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 claim that it works because they have respect for each other but i just feel like that's a pr stunt but i I don't know like because like they have to say that kind of thing like i don't know i mean yes they're three and oh but to me you need one person there because when you're flipping and flopping and changing guys in and out, teams are going to look at film and they're going to realize, okay, if they bring this guy in, most likely they're going to do this. And then you have to watch out for this. Unless now, you play gonna... against that tendency, right? Unless what? maybe maybe they could use that to your advantage. I don't know. I mean, as long as they're winning, it's hard for me to be like, they need to change it up. I, I agree on principle. I don't like the idea of it, but 
until they lose the game, it's hard for me to be like they need to change it too. So I don't, I, 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 I guess I'm conflicted on that. You know, like you know, it's like this. They're three and zero, yes, but there's just something about it I don't trust. Champ, you said it earlier. Defense is solid. Defense is there. Greg Williams has them playing. Offense has to be better. It's playing okay, but I haven't been blown away by the offense. They've had some good plays here and there, but a consistent effort where they have an identity, like you said, champ, that to me will tell me whether or not this team's arrived. And I really will be interested to see what happens this Sunday when they play a winless team. Of course, Vegas is going to want to come back and beat us on our home field. I want to make sure that they, I want to see what they look like against a winless team. Are they going to be a little too high on themselves? Can they bring the same intensity and can they clean up these turnovers? Right. And can they just crush a team, right? Like, could they, like, if it's a winless team and they know they're better, can they, you know, as Champ always talks about, put the stomp the foot on the neck, you know, like really, you know, d- don't let them, you know, come back into it. And, you know, cause uh, I agree. Sometimes these wounded animals, so to speak, these teams that have zero wins that are, those can be some of the most dangerous teams, right? Because they, they want it more, that hunger, they don't have to manufacture it. They, you know, they're craving a win, but if you can early on really dominate a game, you could take the wind out of their sails and then it it can sort of like crush them through the rest of the game. But I think it's important to start off strong, but also continuously not let that foot off the pedal. And uh, I feel like a lot of first half, the defense has been laying them down and the offense is doing okay. And then, you know, then it sort of, you know, shifts a little bit. Uh, so I, I want both sides of the ball to be playing well consistently throughout the game. I think that, you know, there have been times where the offense has led the team. There's been times in the defense, but um, you know, the defense has kind of been porous at times in these first halves. Right. And so you just have to be careful you know, about that. You don't want to give this team too much uh, momentum. One thing I wanted to also talk about was one thing I did not realize with the XFL. They're all based in Texas. They all go back to Texas after every game. That's where they practice. That's where they live. That's where they live their lives. And then they fly to these host cities. Like I was under the assumption, like most sports, that the DC team lives in DC. Right, because all the other ones do. I've never heard of this before, and I found out that they often can share flights with the other team. Wow! So talk about when the Battle Hawks game happens in a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, you <laughs> like, saw my first picture there, <laughs> right? Yes. So you know, I do want to get into a little bit of this most recent game. Um, you know, because Stuart, you were there, and um, just. First of all, I'm happy that Beer Snake was back. You know, we reported that that was missing in in, in the first game. Uh, we're supposed to not throw things as a contingency of that, which kind of fell apart at the end there. So I'm interested to see if they're all, can they continue this or for how much longer. Um, but the Beer Snake was great. The crowd was very rowdy. Um, how drunk was the crowd to be able to Beer Snake that much? Did you have a sense of the inebriation levels of it? Because uh, the memes online uh, seem to think that everyone must have been pretty wasted uh, to get there. How, how did it feel to be in that environment? Was, were people friendly? Were they drunk? What were, what what would how would you characterize the environment on uh, yesterday's game? My section was pretty good. Um, now I was I was the beneficiary of a beer shower in the opening game, which I did not like. 
but it seemed like they were a little more calmer. The second one, I love the F Dan Snyder chants. <laughs> oh my God, the entire, just the entire stadium saying that for 10, 15 minutes. That was just amazing. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty amazing. Um, uh, and the game itself, you know, it was up and down a game. You know, we started off up 14. They yeah. tie it going into halftime. We score on that first opening drive, but then they had that big return and it sets them up with a touchdown. We are able to stop their extra point. Um, again, in the XFL, you go for one, two, or three, depending on distance. There's no kicking uh, for extra points. Um, I believe they tried for two and failed. Uh, so they ended up going for, uh, up three. We drove down. We scored. We scored again. Um, you know, we, we go up by a considerable margin, uh, but then the Battle Hawks have done this. In the first week, they're the first team to make a fourth and 15 to retain possession instead of the onside kick. Uh, they went and marched down and won that game. Um, and they've been kind of a comeback team, especially on the road. They've played all their games on the road so far. Uh, and it sort of started to unravel. You talked about the interception that happened. Um, and then, you know, so it set us up well, except we're in the one yard line and we fumble the ball and then they're right back in it and they score. And then they uh, try this fourth and 15 again. And uh, I'm going to share the screen one more time. And this is sort of when, when all of this uh, happens, uh, just, just crazy uh, commotion. Um, and uh, so, uh, also, I want to hold on. Let me see if I can pull up the video real quickly because one of a friend of the podcast shot this amazing uh, video, and I actually posted it on uh, the page. Here we go. Oh yeah, I saw this. Hey, and, they're right uh, up there in the uh, in the yellow jersey way in the back. The little dot there, the old yellow dot's me. <laughs> oh wow! On the other side. Yep. Oh wow! Because I'm uh, right on the thirty. So yeah. So basically, here is the fourth and fifteen. Um, and, um, it, it was a really good stop, uh, there's a sack. And then of course, uh, the DC player pulls off his helmet in excitement, um, which you can't do. Um, and the other team was not very happy about that. And they start some shoving, there's some flags, um, and it's kind of a, uh, an ugly ending to like a, a pretty good game. I mean, I like it cause I like hockey fights, but whatever, but, um, just in, in general, um, it, it was, it'll be interesting to see how this ultimately plays out. Um, and, uh, you know, coaches had to go grab their players and pull them aside. Uh, the battle Hawks coach did not like what was going on um and uh so it's just uh some chippiness it was kind of building to this for some time in the game and especially with how close of an ending it was um and uh so they ultimately um the clock runs out and and that's kind of the uh the end of the game um but uh yeah it's what, what was sort of your thoughts on that ending Stuart um, I think a lot of that started. Well, it did start because they didn't. They thought that they uh, threw the quarterback down a little too hard, so the frustration set in. They hit. They they hit. We hit back, and then things just kind of escalated. Because I thought it was kind of funny. What you don't see in the video is that yeah, you've got guys take off their helmets and celebrating, but you also have the group going into that rumble there, throwing punches. So I thought the juxtaposition of the celebrating and trying to get the crowd up versus the team fighting their team was kind of was interesting, was funny to see. 
um, Arun's actually in our Twitch chat, uh, who, who might be joining us in just a second. And he's saying, Shields up, undefeated with two quarterbacks, though. Fear the snake. Uh, so we're, we're doing well with the, the beer snake. And so, uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the mindset we don't change much until um, uh, until we lose a game. Um, and uh, Except uh, special teams, though. <laughs> Yeah. Fix that special teams. They gave up two long returns. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, Actually, on, on the flip side, special teams, though, that, oh, yeah, I, well, I guess the people who need to tackle need to be fixed, but the kicker, holy moly, we, we've got some punters in DC. And um, um, it was nice to see some of that. Champ, what are some of your thoughts on uh, the game uh, yesterday? Right, so this game right here, the offense actually finally showed up, okay? They actually showed up, and they, they were slightly ba- more balanced in this game than they were in the Vegas game, but again, you had much better weather conditions. I mean, it was sunny and, like, in the mid to upper 50s. Uh, the, the defenders as a team had four, 342 total yards in terms of offense. Uh, passing was, was fairly much better. It was 206 yards passing. Rushing yards, it was 136 rushing yards. Uh, I think one of my favorite plays was a two-point conversion play after they score where the tight end on a nice little short tight end seam caught the ball, took a shot, and still managed to hold on to the ball to convert the two-point uh, try. So that was a really good play there. And once again, defensively, uh, this team was a little was was solid. It wasn't perfect because they did give up a lot of points. This was a very high scoring game, which a lot of people expect from the XFL is a high scoring game. But then when you play the defenders, it's not really high scoring. But this was a high scoring game. It's just that for once the defenders scored more than their opponents. So it was a really, really uh, good, really fun game to watch. Actually, that ending though kind of was like wow. Like it, it just you could tell that, especially the like the. Uh, Battle Hawks were getting very, very frustrated. They had four turnovers on the day to to the defenders three, and they were frustrated. They were just tired. They were just done with it. And so because of that, they just that that's what we have there. And unfortunately, you know, three players got ejected, um, one from the defenders and two from the Battle Hawks. So but all in all, this was a really fun game to watch. This is probably one of the funnest games I've watched in the first three games of this of this team season. And there's still seven more games to go. And I'm pretty sure they're going to, like, once, as we said when we talked about the, the Vegas game, once they get an offensive identity, then we're going to see a lot more fun from this team. And they're going to really, really start to soar. But this was really that launching point, at least on the offensive side, to say, look, Y'all can do good offensively. Defensively, you're fine. Offensively, you just got to start to just push forward. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, I see. Cut out the fumbles. Cut out the fumbles, please. Yeah, they did have three of them in this game. Holy crap. Too yeah. many. Too many. Yeah. A lot of turnovers. But I just love the product. You know, I talk about it a little bit the first week, but I just want to talk about it here. I love how many things are mic'd up. I know, Stuart, you don't see it from that point of view, so I'll speak to just the home uh, point of view for a second. But everyone's mic'd, including all the people doing the reviewing, uh, the announce, uh, the uh, officials, um, you know, the line. I mean, they have to mute some things because uh, all these games are being put on FX as well as on uh, other ESPN channels. I forgot that FX is owned by ESPN now. But <laughs> that, that deal, now Disney owns Fox. Um, so... Um, 
brilliant use of that network and all of the the tools that they can have and then the league uses the same video feed so there is an advantage of the league being part of the broadcast with the broadcast you know sponsor where it's all uniform it's not like there's different teams with different franchises right everything is kind of this uniform thing that i really enjoy a lot i love hearing the the replay booth and what they're talking about what they're looking for um and i love um, you know, hearing the coaches make the calls um, and, and all of it. I think it's really a great transparent look into the game of football, something that I think is really missing from the NFL game. Uh, and so I'm willing to be okay with a couple of turnovers or maybe the play isn't quite at the same level uh, as the NFL because the rivalries are starting to be there and the, the passion is there. And what I love is if you talk to the players, they're all just super excited to be there. They are excited for an opportunity to have their game put on tape so that way maybe an NFL team picks them up uh, in the summer. And I think that, that this really, I really enjoy the product and I hope that it continues uh, to be able to grow. I kind of like this better than the other league. I know there's kind of this rivalry between the two uh, alternative football leagues as we can call them. Um I really like what the XFL is doing. Um, I'm biased, obviously, because we have a team, uh, but uh, also biased because our team is doing well. Uh, but the, uh, we, you know, taking all that into consideration, I can still think the presentation of the game um, in some ways is better than some of the NFL presentation. And I think that that's great. And I, from what it sounds like, it's really fun to go to a game. I have two little kids, so I haven't been able to make it to a game yet, but it's definitely uh, something I would love to do, if not this season and, and future seasons. But um, is it a family-friendly environment? Do our children there? No, it's not. There yeah. are children there, but it is kind of the one thing that kind of drove me away from NFL games. Um, don't and yeah, I'm not a big. I don't like a lot of profanity. That's just right. who I am, and maybe I'm just a little more sensitive to it than others. But you know, the F Dan Snyder, yeah, that was happening. I can understand, but then there were like break their effing legs. Then a couple of other guys around me had a vulgar name for the battle Hawks, which I won't repeat. And I'm kind of like, all right, come on. I don't need to hear all that. So yeah, that's I would call it family friendly. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or maybe no, this is, this is a I good was about to say, like, if they're Chad <laughs> Snyder, I doubt that's family friendly, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but it's good to have, you know, eyes on the ground, you know, and especially throughout this season, we can have you come back on and, and give your take on some of these other games. And, um, um, and we can have you come and join our Caps Talk as well. This has been a lot of fun, Stuart. You know, I want to be mindful of your time. Um, I'm going to bring in Arun in a second to help us preview the next game. Any final thoughts you have on the game this upcoming week or anything else you want to share with us before we let you go? Uh, just want to say if we can shore up those turnovers, cut down on those turnovers, and find that identity, as uh, Champ mentioned, I think this is going to be the team to beat. Defense is there. Offense got to be a little more consistent. Yeah, I got to share with you a picture. Hold on before you go. Hold on. Can I pull this up? Uh, Because Arun just gave it into our group chat. Let me see if I can pull this up because this is really funny. Um, All right, here we go. I love technology, how I can instantly share this. Um, (laughs) 
Thank you, Arun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you gotta send that to me, dude. You gotta send that. To me. <laughs> yeah, it's in. I think it's in our group chat from tonight. Oh, no, 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 it's, no, not, it's, it's not. It's in yeah. our other group chat. I will. Yeah. I will forward that to um, our group chat uh, yeah. right now. That's and um, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Sent to the the whole group. I'll stop that share now. But um, uh, I thought that you would appreciate that uh, before I let you go, since you love photography and um, yeah. and funny things. But Stuart, thanks again. I really appreciate it. We'll have to have you on on a future episode to break down uh, a little Capitals and uh, XFL Act. Maybe uh, one of the episodes in April, we can have you back on. Anytime. I'd love to do it. All right. Sounds good. Have a great night. And thanks again. And um, um, I really appreciate it, as always. And uh, we'll bring in Arun now as well. And um uh, we'll, we'll talk to you uh, soon, Stuart. All right, Arun, um, see uh, which meme we have uh, tonight. Oh, we got the dog bringing Champ back. Arun, I, I want to just get your quick uh, take on the previous uh, two games, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about the upcoming game. Um, yeah, it's good that the defenders, uh, I guess the last game was pretty good. They got a, uh, they forced like a defensive touchdown in the first half. They only had 14 points, but then they got really going in the second half. And that fight to close the game was kind of funny, even though I guess people were hurt. But it was kind of random that the uh, St. Louis was trying to like, I don't know, they're trying to do like the Tampa Bay Buccaneer strategy for back in the day of trying to like rush the offensive line when the game was clearly over and they're just kneeling out the clock. And it's even funnier that he mentioned that they um, all live in Texas together and might be taking the same flight back. So it was like kind of random that they were just fighting. <laughs> but I guess both the teams are undefeated and, and it's good to stir up a good rivalry. I guess Vince McMahon's no longer the owner of the XFL, but The Rock is trying to continue on that WWE spirit. And hopefully maybe there's a good fight in the next game too. Yeah, sounds good. All right, Arun, what are some of the things that you have to look, you're looking towards to try to beat a team that is uh, winless? Um, I guess uh, it's another game at home, I think, uh, this Sunday. And, um, yeah, I think the crowd should get them into the game. But I just – I don't know. The offense still looks a little bit sloppy at times. But if they can get the passing game going, I don't – like, I guess I'd like to stick to one quarterback. I agree. But if they're gonna, since nobody's won the job, you, you might as well stick to two, and especially if it's still working. And – I think maybe because both of them are running quarterbacks, maybe the like just like running the ball. And I guess it's like a multiple running back situation. Uh, but I think the defense needs to pretty much seal the deal for the defenders. And I hopefully the crowd can get them going again with a great home field. Yeah. Kim, I'm sorry that our Zoom is not working out for you. I, I feel horrible. I just wish that it's something I knew how to fix a setting or something, but I appreciate you working uh, through it with me. Um, Chip, what are some of your thoughts about this upcoming game? All right. So, I mean, this team knows exactly what Vegas is capable of. I mean, but again, they figured that they dealt with Vegas with very, very poor conditions in terms of rain and things like that. So, that's something they're going to have to see what they're, what they're all about when the conditions are a lot better. Cause I don't expect for there to be rain this weekend for here in DC. So they're going to have to figure it out. And they've already shown what they could do offensively against uh, St. Louis. So they just got to replicate that. That's all they got to do. They just got to replicate 
what they did against St. Louis in order to beat uh, this team that has yet to win a single game yet so far. So that's all they got to do. They just got to replicate what they did to St. To St. Louis, replicate that. They'll be fine because defensively they're very, very, they're rock solid. Greg Williams has this unit playing absolutely amazing, but yet they need to be able to put it all together as a complete team. And that's what they need to do. Yeah. I, I hope that they can and go to four and zero, and I hope that they win it all this year. I mean, they have all the, the tools that they need. If they keep on growing and building every week, I think that they could be a force to be reckoned with. Cause I think we've always talked about it starting with, you know, focusing on the defense and the running game is just a recipe for success. Uh, you know, the passing game can come cause they can still make some of the plays uh, and that can obviously I've seen, we've seen many teams, win without like a crazy passing game, especially early on. And uh, so um, anyway, I, I'm excited about it. Overall, Rui, what are your thoughts on the XFL? Um, it's pretty good. Uh, I guess like as far as the defenders stand, their offense is still a little bit far behind, but um, I guess like it's funny that they're more out in front with the gambling on their broadcast. Like in the uh, previous game, the defenders played Vegas like two weeks ago or um, it was 18 to six, but the defenders were actually underdogs in that game. So like, if you actually know, if you're actually like kind of following this league, maybe you could be like, oh, the defenders are much better. And the over-under was like 36 points for last game against St. Louis. And um, the defenders by themselves, I think, like had more points than the expected over-under, which is kind of funny. And then, yeah, so it's kind of, and all the behind the scenes stuff is pretty cool, um, especially the sideline interviews after the TDs. They interview the players about the play, and they have the play calling of the coach. Um, so it's all good, but I think the offense, at least as far as the defenders, the offense is definitely way behind the NFL. So as far as watchability, um, I hopefully um, the defenders can get their offense fixed, especially the quarterback play. Yeah, um, I just want to say good night to Carly in chat. I really appreciate everyone for tuning in on Twitch. We've had a very lively uh, crew tonight, so I appreciate it. Swatters uh, watching the Raptors game with us, um, and I got Andy in chat and lots of other great people in chat. So I really appreciate everyone for uh, tuning in. I also want to give a special shout out to Bat Mommy, who earlier uh, not only resubscribed, she's one of our uh, founders. Uh, but also uh, gifted a subscription um, uh, to our community as well. So I really appreciate all the love and support. I know she may have uh, gone to bed already, but uh, Champ, hopefully you can let her know uh, that I appreciate it as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a fun show so far. I really love Stuart's insight, you know, being a, um, a season ticket uh, holder. Uh, and I look forward to bringing him back sometime in April uh, when we, maybe we can uh, do another full XFL roundtable. Uh, Champ, any final thoughts you have on uh, on what we're seeing so far in the XFL before we switch over to a little bit of basketball talk? Yeah, I mean, I really love the unique rule set that they have for the XFL. I really like the insight we get to have in terms of hearing play calling on both the offensive and defensive side. Gets you to get to understand the concepts that they're using on offense. I also love that when the, there's a penalty, you can hear the referees tell you what the penalty is before they tell the, 
the live audience, like what the penalty is. And you get to see Dean Blandino in the command center uh, reviews things and stuff, stuff like that. I really like that sort of like behind the scenes type of vibe that you get from there. Cause you get to understand the game. You get to understand what's going on. I like the fact that, offensive coordinators or whoever the play caller is can call in and talk to the quarterback all the way up until the ball is snapped. So, I mean, that really gives them a chance to really adjust and understand what's going on and be able to make adjustments. And so I think it's really, it's really unique and it's really fun. Yeah, I totally agree. I I'm really enjoying uh, the product that we are, that we're seeing come from this. And um, yeah, it's uh I don't know. It's, it's, it's been fun to watch it sort of develop, if you will. You know, like I feel like week to week, uh, you've seen a little bit of a different um, uh, thing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think that there's some really cool opportunities here um, for uh, this league and hopefully it continues to grow and uh, thrive. So far, the Capitals have one shot on goal. The Kings have three shots on goal. We're just approaching about five minutes in uh, to the first period. So I just wanted to give a little bit of an update on that. I think with that, I think we've uh, talked about the defenders enough. We're going to switch over uh, to our Wizards talk. Um, and I'm going to share my screen and do a couple of things real quickly for that. Um, let me see here. There's the Wizards logo. All right. Um, let me share the screen. We're going to do it a little bit different than we normally do. And uh, but we're going to kind of do a rapid fire approach uh, to this. And uh, yeah, so when we last left off, uh, we talked about the um, the Wizards being the Timberwolves uh, and the Trailblazers going into uh, the break. We had the all star break and um, we came out of that playing the Knicks. Uh, we lost that game 115 to 109. We started off well. The Knicks came back. Oh, right. The abbreviated version of this. Let me explain it real fast. I'm going to go through all the games and the scoring real quick. And then each one of you guys can, are going to pick two games you want to talk a little more in depth about. Um, and then we can get out of here a little bit earlier. And if it's the same games, then so be it. And then we can just uh, preview the upcoming games after that. Uh, so uh, I'm going to just speed fire through this. Uh, so anyway, we did well in the first, uh, poorly in the second uh, and the third um and in the fourth quarter as well so just it was like a slow trickle where kind of they whittled away at that lead and they ultimately we lost that game at home 109 uh to 115 to the new york knicks uh the next game was against the bulls uh we lost that game it was a bit more of a blowout it started off close again um outscored them by two in the first uh then they outscored us by four in the second outscored us by five in the third and then uh, they really kind of turned it on in the fourth. They held uh, the Wizards to only 15 points, and the Bulls scored uh, 28. And so it made it a much more lopsided victory than maybe it should have been. Uh, again, a 102 to 82 victory on the 26th of February. Uh, then the next game is against the Hawks, uh, one of the teams uh, we are competing for, sort of at the bottom of the standings here. If you want to take a look at the live standings, um, the Wizards are at 10th, the Raptors are at 9th, the Hawks are at 8th. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at. The top 10 um, uh, teams make it. Um, and uh, then they're kind of like a play-in thing. Anyway, so uh, we were able to um, beat the Hawks in a very close game. 
and it tied after one. Uh, Hawks had a four-point lead going into halftime. Uh, they actually extended that lead by one, outscored us by 34 to 33 in the third. Uh, but then the Wizards come storming back and outscore them 34 to 26 and take a three-point win. Uh, and this game was in Atlanta. Um, so that was good. And then um, then they kind of were able to roll that into a, a win over the Raptors. Uh, the Wizards outscored them by four in the first, uh, by five in the second, by two in the third. Um, and they come away with a 119 to 108 uh, victory. Uh, they both scored 30 in the fourth quarter. Uh, but then it's kind of this weird thing that they're doing these series this year. So we play the next game also against uh, the Raptors. This one's on Saturday. The other one's on Thursday. Uh, this game uh, was close. Um, the Wizards outscored by four in the first. Uh, the Raptors outscored by four in the second. So it was tied going into halftime. Uh, the Raptors take a lead of uh, seven points uh, going into the fourth quarter. And then the Wizards actually hold the Raptors only 19 in the fourth. And they outscored them by seven. It forces overtime. But unfortunately, the Toronto Raptors outscored them 11 to four in overtime. And they take a 116 to 109 win in that game. Uh, then the next game, a lot of people were like, oh, they should just sit some players. We're, there's no way we're going to beat the Bucks. The Bucks are just too good. But in this game, the Bucks did take a, a pretty big lead, or a six, sorry, six-point lead in the in the first, uh, and then extended that um, in the second, outscored them by two. But the Wizards had a really good third quarter, outscored them thirty-two to twenty-four, and the Wizards actually had a really good fourth quarter up until the end, where the game had gotten very close. Uh, but the Bucks uh, kind of ran away with it at the very end of the game. But the Wizards made a really good run at this and made it a lot closer than I expected going into it. Uh, they only lost this game uh, 111 uh, to 117 in this matchup. So a lot of stats, a lot of things I just threw at you guys. Champ, I'm going to let you pick the, your first two games that you want to talk about, uh, the first of two games you want to talk about, uh, and then I'm going to get Arun's take on that game as well. So what game do you want to break down? Uh, I want to talk about the Hawks game because the Hawks game was uh, very – uh, important because it was the uh, debut of the new head coach for the Hawks, uh, Quinn Snyder, returning to the bench as a head coach in the NBA, and uh, the Wizards were able to go out there in their on their home floor and be able to do some damage to them. It was a close game. It was highly contested. Uh, Kyle Kuzma went out there, scored very well. Uh, they were able to really, really, really. Uh, do some real good here on the road against this uh, Hawks team. Daniel Gaffer had a double-double. Uh, Bill had 37. Kuz had 28. Uh, Abdia, he didn't score a lot, only four points, but he had 13 boards in this one, and they were able to do what they needed to do. They didn't have Porzingis because of an injury, uh, knee soreness, so they were still they didn't have their, all their big three, but they had two of their big three, and that was enough for them to be able to uh, deal with this team. Uh, of course, Trey Young, a former wizard himself, was um, able to do some. No, he's not a former wizard. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, but Trey Young was able to do some damage with 31 points, but it just wasn't enough to be able to carry this team to where they needed to go. But this was a big statement win, especially because this is a team that they're trying to catch up to in the standings to get you know, a better chance in the play in. So they needed this win badly. 
it was interesting how many players on the Heat got into double digits. You know, to have seven players in double figure, you know, scoring um, is really impressive. And but they only held one to over twenty. I think that was the key: is that they all got some, but not enough. I mean, and that's that's the difference in in this game. Uh, looking at some of the stats, Arun, what are some of your thoughts on this game? Um, yeah, Beal was great uh, down the stretch in this game. He's very clutch. And, um, after two games with sub-20 points, uh, he actually, I think he had a season high um, for him, which was great. Um, Trey Young couldn't guard him. And um, Kuzma also had 28 points, which is good. And um, overall, just a good win for the Wizards, um, considering that it's likely going to be the Hawks in the playing game along with the Wizards. And it was an opportunity for them to catch up in their division as well. Yeah. Interesting matchup for sure. Okay. Um, Arun, your first of your two games that you want to talk about. Um, I'm going to talk about that loss against the Raptors. Um, Porzingis started the game off really well. Um, but like I, something happened to him in the second half. I don't know if it's fatigue. It's like the game that we went to early in the season against Miami. Porzingis starts off off, and then he has like six points, I believe, or something for the rest of the game. And Beal, um, he uh, tried to run the offense without Monte Morris, but um, the Wizards had, I believe, 23 or 24 turnovers in this one. Um, and when they got to overtime, they only scored four points. And the, the other win against Miami, they only had three points. So something, I think, Wes Unseld should probably try to expand the rotations maybe because it seemed like fatigue was definitely a factor in the overtime. And defensively, um, the Wizards, would, they didn't even use Corey Kispert probably because he's gassed maybe, or the Wizards offense was just terrible down the stretch of this game, no matter who was trying to create the shot. Um, good credit to Toronto's defense, but um, the, the Wizards weren't really running through their sets. They were walking up the ball to half court um, and although there was a gimme bucket that could have been made by Porzingis, uh, but the Raptors, they're uh, battling the Wizards for playoff positioning. And um, if the Wizards had won this game, they would have um, secured the tiebreaker. But right now, the Wizards, if they want to be ahead of the Raptors as far as the tiebreaker, they have to win at Toronto, which is much harder to do. Um, it's good that the Wizards got one win, but it would be really nice if they got two wins. Yeah, for sure. Um, what what are some of your thoughts on that game as well? Sorry, I'll pull it back up here. Um, so what what kind of and I said this to you guys in our group chat. What kind of killed me was the fact that Corey Kispert was perfect from beyond the arc. Why are they not setting him up to try to make more shots shots from beyond the arc? I think they could have won this game. They'd let him shoot more. Honestly, I don't know what was going through their mind. He was perfect from beyond the arc perfect and yet they de they didn't take advantage of that i honestly think they could have they they if they had taken advantage of that i think they could have won this game he had 12 points and all 12 of those points were from beyond the arc so i think if you give him a chance to shoot more he, he played 35 minutes and only had 12 points but they were all from beyond the arc and from what i was watching all his shots from beyond the arc were like nothing but net he wasn't missing he had the hot hand you have to ride the hot hand when you have it. Now, granted, you had your whole, you had your your big three, 
and they they did well. Porzingis had 22, Beal had 21, and Kuzma had 16. So they did fine. But I, if you let Kispert continue to shoot from beyond the arc with the hot hand, I think you win this game. Honestly, I think you win this game. And that's what my I question was like, why is Kispert not shooting more from beyond the arc? Because he was hot. And honestly, like the, the, the Raptors were able to exploit that and they were able to do what they needed to do uh, offensively. And they were able to outscore them in the paint. They were able to do everything they needed to do well in order to win this game in overtime. And that final shot that Bill took before in regulation, I think was like, I, I, he, I know he was trying to make a play, but I think he should have thought more to see, you know, try to find the open man and try to have a better look at a, at a game-winning shot instead of trying to do it all himself. I think that that right there, I think, was a little bit of a mistake on his end, and I think that kind of was my my other gripe there, was that he should have tried for a better shot or looked for somebody else who had a better look to give themselves a chance to win the game outright and not go to overtime, because they go to overtime and they lose it. So that's my that's my thoughts on this one. Just from looking at the statistics, I didn't actually get to watch this game. But what it looks like is these 24 turnovers is key, right? Because that's, you know, 10 potentially missed possessions compared to Toronto. Uh, Points in the paint. So if you fix the turnovers and points in the paint on the defensive side, you know, just smart ball control, making not even the draining threes, but just, you know, being smart with the ball. Um, The rebounding, too. They're out rebounded by nine pretty crazy that they were even in this game yeah but i just think that it's defense scoring 109 points is enough to win a game you know it's allowing the 116 i think that really did them in you know from what it looks like i i again i didn't watch the game but yeah went to overtime so i guess um the wizards allow 11 points in the overtime and i think the offense, I think, in the overtime at the end, especially in, in the second quarter, the Wizards' defense definitely let them down, though. Um, I think they were kind of – they kind of expected to walk over the Raptors um, because they did so the previous game, and maybe that's the back-to-back, but they kind of have to be more consistent than that, especially since they can't afford to lose games like this. The, if they the third quarter killed them. The third quarter killed them. Like, it always seems to do with the scene. The third quarter killed them. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, they kind of live and die by that quarter. Um, all right. Uh, that was the Runes game, right? So then we're now back to Champs game, the second game. Yeah, okay. Champ, what, pick your second game. Well, my second game was going to be the Raptors overtime game. So I'm going to switch and go with the win, one where we won uh, against the Raptors uh, with Kuzma absolutely going off with 30 points in that one. Uh, you actually had the big three back in the big three really really scored well they actually combined for 70 points 70 points 70 of the Wizards 119 points came from your big three of Kuz KP and Beal uh DeLon Wright uh, was fair with seven points but Daniel Gafford had 18 uh and uh Kispert had 10 off the bench so they actually had some pretty balanced scoring from here uh, they shot well from the field over half of their shots they made and they shot very well from three point land, almost uh, 47%. So that's one of the things that's going to really do do well for them is like being able to shoot well, not only from the field, but from beyond the arc, which we know this is not really a good three point shooting team, but the fact that they were able to make almost 47% of their shots from beyond the arc shows how 
how well they were able to do with this game and they needed this win just like they needed that win against the Hawks uh prior to this game uh they needed this win against the Raptors because of the fact of the you know the play in and as we met, as mentioned before the 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 whole um tiebreakers and things like that they needed this win in the worst way possible so this was a really well well-rounded game from the Wizards uh, of course the Raptors didn't shoot well from beyond the arc and that killed them even though they were perfect from the charity stripe the fact that they couldn't make it they could barely make a shot from beyond the arc is what was able to keep the Wizards from losing this game yeah um the other thing that stands out to me is the difference in the turnovers they only had 14 turnovers so there was even between the two versus you know a negative 10 in the other game uh, yeah i think that could be a 10 point swing which is the difference you know we're talking about between these two games um so um that definitely stands out to me arun what are some of your thoughts on this one the Wizards um, made the top 10 NBA highlights four times, mostly due to Daniel Gafford having a couple excellent dunks, including a good, really good alley from Denny to Daniel Gafford. I think that was also the key difference. He had 18 points in this one. In the other game, he only had nine points, and he was fairly active on both ends. Um, Kuzma was also much better in this game, even though Beal has played slightly better in the second Raptors game. Um, the turnovers were more of an issue in the second game. And so overall, it was good for Washington to get a win, but I think they became a little bit complacent because of how easily they got this one. Yeah, the Kings right now are on a power play. Um, so the, pen, um, the Caps are on the penalty kill. Uh, one minute left uh, approximately in the power play. Uh, uh, just under seven minutes left in this first period here. Um, and... Uh, and the Kings are already up to 10 shots on goal, and the Capitals are still stuck at one shot on goal in this game. So, uh, and we're, you know, we're over 10 minutes in. So um, we, we got to start playing uh, some better defense here um, and uh, just getting it out of our zone. Uh, they have just had a crazy amount of zone time on this possession, and they're just kind of – asking for it 30 seconds left in the power play here i'm just going to stick here for the rest of this power play uh they shoot it on net it's another deflection and they finally are able to clear it with 19 seconds left in this power play and both teams get a line shift as we get down to about six minutes left in this first period but um all right arun uh, what is the last game you want to talk about um i just want to talk about this bucks game um, overall, Beal was um, pretty good from two-point range, um, but from three-pointer, he was 0 for 5. Porzingis was even less efficient than Beal. He didn't even have that good first quarter to fall back on against Milwaukee, and it was kind of just ugly for a lot of the bench players. Jordan Goodwin was 1 of 7 from the field. Um, they actually had to start Anthony Gill in the starting lineup, but he only had two points, which was pretty terrible in today's NBA. Uh, Denny had a really good game off the bench. He made a couple threes, um, shot really efficiently. But, uh, I mean, Milwaukee was on fire from three-point range. Um, the Wizards out-rebounded the Bucks, I believe, by nine rebounds. And uh, they had less turnovers in Milwaukee. But uh, Milwaukee won this game because they were able to get to the free throw line a lot more. 
than the Wizards. Giannis by himself had more free throws than the Wizards. Um, that might be a little bit of the superstar calls. Or, um, and also in the closing couple minutes of this game, Giannis stepped out of bounds. The NBA official ruled that he was actually out of bounds and this game got kind of down to the wire. But the Wizards, um, they found themselves down, I believe, by double figures in the second quarter, um, largely due to the poor bench play. Um, Beal only had two turnovers. One of them, though, came in a critical point in the fourth quarter. Um, um, but Beal has to play better. I think uh, being 0 for 5 from three-point range um, probably hurt. He was supposed to be like a Ray Allen kind of player. He's shooting 37% from three this season, but needs to uh, do better than that. And I guess without Kuzma, this was kind of an expected loss. The Bucks' winning streak was broken the previous day against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, so it wasn't that surprising that the Bucks were motivated to come out and win. Um, the Wizards did manage to slow down Giannis a little bit because in the previous game he had 50 points, but he did almost have a tri triple-double. He did have 13 assists, and ultimately the Wizards, because um, they couldn't knock down a couple more shots. Um, it, it was also back to that game without Kyle Kuzma. They lost this one. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out here whether uh, Giannis got the triple double or not. Because now I he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He, he didn't. He did not get the triple double. He did change the box score, uh, like just a couple hours ago. He did have a triple double, but they took away that garbage rebound that he had, like as a joke. He shot the ball at the rim when they were killing the clock at the rim, and he rebounded the ball. And so they discounted that rebound. Why? Why did they discount it? Because it was basically. Like, it was basically the Wizards were not playing defense on that play, and it was kind of a joke. But it was basically trying to pull an Andre Black. Like, if you've ever seen that, like, or Ricky. Yeah, I, but I, I'm just, I guess I'm just kind of surprised because, like, that's, it is a rebound. I don't understand the, how do you take it away. I don't, it's weird. Because I, it I basically said it was, a, like, I don't know how, like, I guess they have sanctity for the game. It's interesting that they decide to do this, but they don't, like, I don't know. There's a call that are so egregious that they don't overturn those. It's just it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Like an honor rule about. Because it's funny because the AP reports it as triple double. Everyone does, but now in the box score, I can see that uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's been fixed. That they, uh, somebody, they decide to change it. But it's funny because like the Yahoo scoreboard doesn't never got updated because they don't go back and fix it. But like I see here that Google and ESPN has. So anyway, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Um, I was kind of okay with him getting a triple double for it. Like I was kind of like, whatever. Like, um, but it's interesting that they retroactively were like thought that it was different. But anyway, what are you champ? What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, admittedly, I did not watch this game because I was literally in the middle of live stream reacting to AEW Revolution. So I didn't get a chance to watch this game. But the fact that the Wizards only lost by six points to the best team in the East shows that this team is capable of hanging with the one with the best teams in the NBA. Now, yes, Giannis did get what was a triple-double, now it's no longer a triple-double, but the fact that Porzingis and Beal were able to go out there and do what they needed to do, they didn't have uh, Kuzma in this game, uh, but they were still able to hang tough with one of the perennial favorites of the, of the conference and only lose to them by six, but 
it's still a tough loss to lose to a team like this, especially when you're in the running to try to stay, at least stay in the running for at least a playing game, though you're still trying to try to play your way out of the playing game and just get into the playoffs outright. You don't want to get into a playing game and then end up losing the playing game and just not be in the playoffs. So you want to get into that number six spot in order to avoid the playing game. So that's their that's the goal. You want to get outside outside of that seventh spot and get out of that playing game and want to be able to get into the playoffs outright, sit pretty, and be ready to play an actual playoff series. And this didn't really help matters much. So they're going to have, really have to buckle down and start pushing it. Yeah, interesting. Swatters in chat said, "Fair point." But the Raps covered him hard. He only had four good looks the whole game for for Corey Kispert. That was so that's interesting. Um, so I guess he was covered better and that's why they didn't get him the ball more. Mm. Um, so, uh, I thought that's an interesting take from a Raptors fans perspective, which I appreciate in chat. Um, let's take a look at this upcoming schedule. Uh, we've got a very, very busy week. We have the Pistons game that was supposed to happen. Um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, sort of breaking up this long homestand that was supposed to happen between uh, a bunch in a bunch of these games. So again, tomorrow seven we go to play uh, the Pistons, and then on Wednesday, so quick turnaround at seven back home against the Hawks, kind of a rematch of that game we were talking about a little bit earlier. And then on Friday, just two days later, they played the Hawks again. It's another one of these mini series. Um, and, and so that's at seven o'clock. And then on Sunday, they play the 76ers at 6 p.m. And so I just want to pull up the standings again. So we're talking about it here. We're playing the third place team. We're playing the eighth place team. And we really got to take advantage of playing the Pistons uh, game. Um, I, what, I'll let each one of you guys just give your general thoughts on the upcoming week. And you don't have to necessarily break down each game or whatever you want to talk about. Uh, but I'll start off with you, Champ. What, what are your thoughts about these uh, these four games that are upcoming? The Hawks, the two Hawks games are the most important. They're the most important. They're ahead of us in the standings. You have to beat them if you're going to, out, you know, get above them in the standings in, in the playing game. You have to beat them. Yes, the Pistons game is a trap game because of the fact that they're last in the Eastern Conference, and of course Philly's the third is in third in the Eastern Conference. So those ga- those two games are very important as well. But you have to beat the Hawks. You have to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Those two games against the Hawks on Wednesday and Friday are the most important in this four game stretch. You lose even one of those games, you put yourself in a big hole to try to get uh, in better positioning when it comes to the play-in. But the goal ultimately is, like I said just previously, get out of being in the play-in. Get yourself into a position where you're in-in, where you don't have to play your way in and have to worry about playing a game where you can lose and you're out, single elimination. You want to get yourself in a position where you're in-in, and it starts with beating the Hawks. You beat the Hawks, you put yourself in a good position to push yourself forward and get yourself in a position to get out of the play-in. So the Hawks games are the most important games in this four-game stretch. Yeah, I just want to remind people, so 7 through 10 make it, um, and then there's uh, some games there. The the, the winner of the 7-8 gets the 7 seed. The loser of the 7-8 plays the winner of the 9-10 game 
uh, for the eight seed. So it's an interesting setup. So you really want to be in that seven, eight game uh, because then you're just one win and you're in situation. And even if you lose, you're not done. But if you're playing the nine, 10 game, you lose that one game, you're out. Right. So, um, you know, to speak to champ's point is you really are trying to get to that seven or eight spot to give yourself a chance here uh, in, in these games. Uh, Rune, what are some of your thoughts on the week ahead? Um, I guess I sh- you want to be rooting for wins if you're hoping for a potential playoff run, but also in the back of my mind, it's also if they lose those games, they do get a better draft pick because right now, even though they've only had, like in the 10th spot, the Raptors are nine. The Raptors, if the season ended today, would have the 14th pick, and the Wizards, if the season ended today, would have the eighth pick. So there's not a lot of separation between if they're um, want to get like a potential top four draft pick since they reformed the lottery odds. The Wizards are actually would have a 20% chance at a top four draft pick, um, which is much higher than it has been in previous years. So um, it'd be nice if they could win these games, um, but um, I think the worst outcome is if they like just managed to like tread 500, get them to the play in game and like end up missing the playoffs anyways. Um, especially with this French kid, Wemben Yama, is the 7-4 player of the year. It's going to be probably the next Kevin Durant. Um, to get a shot at him would be great, it, but it's also nice for the Wizards to get wins. But if they can't win, then what's the point of just being mediocre and um, losing in the play-in game? So it's going to be interesting to watch in the next upcoming week. just want to give a little bit of an update on this Caps game getting very chippy a lot of cursing a lot of um stick checking and uh uh chippiness after the period was over uh they killed the first power play the caps were playing better but it's just a shooting gallery for the kings the kings have put up 19 shots to the capitals three shots through the first period and unfortunately kuzi took a very late penalty um, so they will have the balance of a majority of a power play to start the second period here. Uh, but um, it's been a shooting gallery, but Darcy Kemper has been playing phenomenal in net for uh, the Caps. So I hope that they can support him a little better with some goal scoring uh, in the second period because he deserves it for, uh, I mean, it should be two or three nothing right now uh, without his uh, stellar play. I know some Caps fans give him a lot of crap. So um but yeah um for me if you want to succeed in this season and and make the playing game and make a big run on it you got to win the three games that are not the 76ers game and then to champs uh point if you're really trying you know or well to both of your points you know they have to make a decision of who they are you don't want to be the 500 team you don't want to miss it by just a game or make the play in and just lose in that 9 10 matchup um so it'll just be interesting to see this is i think kind of a pivotal week for both the capitals on whether or not they're going to make a run for it and for the wizards so it'll be interesting to see when we come back next week uh where things stand um i'm going to stop the screen share there um and uh champ i'm gonna let you um I know, I know your, uh, your your screen is glitching a little bit, but uh, give your final thoughts and give um, uh, a little uh, No Spots podcast uh, update as well to our fans uh, before we let you go. 
All right. So, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to these next four games for the Wizards. Again, that Hawks, those two Hawks games are very pivotal in their pursuit to be in a better position for the playing game. And uh, so hopefully they're able to pull it out. I'm looking forward to the defenders being able to beat Vegas again. And for the No Spots podcast, we have a busy week in terms of podcasting. We have the second episode of the New Japan Cup recap coming up where we're going to look at the first three nights of the uh, New Japan Cup, which is the uh, first first round matches of the uh, the tournament. Uh, we will recap those and then look ahead to the next couple nights of action uh, upcoming. And then on, we're returning on our Saturday night on Twitch where myself and Siv will recap AEW Revolution, which was a phenomenal pay-per-view. We had fun reacting to it. So we'll give you our, our thoughts on the matches and our final grades for the pay-per-view as well. So you can check out the live streams of those podcasts on our pay, on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv forward slash true no spots pod. Or you can listen to the audio versions of the podcast via the podcast partners button on sportsothp.com. We are on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. Noki Genyo, sayonara. Thank you so much, Champ. Um, and uh, I hope that people do check out uh, the True No Spots podcast um, and all the great stuff that Champ does. On our website, you can click on the podcast partners button. You can get them there. Also, if you check out our uh, team sports or thp you get all the links for champ as well so champ thank you so much and we'll uh we'll have you back on uh, next week um for our march madness special all right see y'all all right i'm gonna uh talk to arun for just a second here i don't know if i have a graphic for this i'm just gonna put up the 300 uh one for now um Arun, what are your thoughts? I know March Madness starts uh, next week. We're going to do a special about that. But any thoughts going into? I know that there's uh, this is kind of the final week before all that, and there's some at play for some of the spots. But um, as a preview to our special that we'll do next week, where we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth, uh, any thoughts you have on March Madness um, and how college basketball has been going on this year? Um, yeah. I'm- been kind of following it more, um, especially Villanova basketball. They haven't been really good for most of the year, but now they got Justin Moore back into the lineup who missed the end of the tournament last year. And that's a big reason why they lost in the final four. Um, they're probably on the outside bubble looking in, but even though Villanova might not make it, I did get to see a lot of teams like UConn looked pretty impressive. Um, Xavier in the Big East. And also uh, saw some Maryland basketball that beat Northwestern. Um, they have lost a couple games on the road, but it's good for Maryland that they were undefeated at home and they'll probably make the tournament. And um, that story out of Alabama college uh, basketball is pretty crazy. The number three potential overall pick is a murder suspect. So that was pretty like um, crazy. And he ended up having a career high the next game, but at least right now he's like a witness but that's all it's looking like, but still it wasn't a good look that like, I think if this happened in the NBA, they probably would have sat him out at least for a game for public perception, but um, Alabama is pretty concerned about their winning both in college football and they're now a powerhouse. It's crazy that no team really has been like number one overall that long. Purdue lost to Northwestern when they were number one, then Maryland beat them the next game. 
Um, it's going to uh, Houston's right now the number one overall seed, uh, but they they're not even from a major conference, so it's going to be looking forward to doing a little bit more prep and going over March Madness. Yeah, it'll be fun. And uh, anybody who's in chat or elsewhere, um, I'm going to try to get a March Madness roundtable. I know Arun that you're uh, into it. Um, I know that we had Daddy Flat Guy. Um, on a couple of weeks ago um, and he's big into March Madness um, I know Davey's super into March Madness but I'm gonna have him come on our um, uh, so the upcoming two podcast episodes I'll, we'll talk about the road ahead for Sports on the Hill podcast uh, the next episode is gonna be this March Madness where we're gonna preview it all uh, and talk about it on next week with uh, Ryan and uh, potentially some other people as well um and so that'll be really fun i don't know if i can get ej back on i know that he in the past has uh talked to us about uh that but next week's show uh we'll, we'll start off with caps talk for the first uh 45 minutes or so uh we'll do some uh, quick xfl maybe not as uh, long of a, a one uh this uh, uh for that uh and then we're going to get into some march madness talk and at the very end of the show we'll briefly cover uh, the wizards but it might be a little bit of a shorter uh, wizard segment next week because i do want it to be kind of a march madness uh, special um and then the following week will be our seventh uh sorry our um our it's our stream anniversary it's our seventh stream anniversary so we've been doing this podcast for seven years and in fact uh, rune in season one talked college basketball with me so that's why it was a good uh, segue tonight and so we will talk about college basketball um uh in on that uh stream anniversary uh as well as hockey and xfl and the wizards so it'll be a really big full show the next two weeks so with that being said we're not gonna keep everyone too long tonight but arun any final thoughts that you want to share uh with the podcast uh before we let you go tonight um not really. I <laughs> I saw an article that said RG3 should be a potential quarterback, but I think he should stay and his job at ESPN will probably get paid more money. Um, but um, yeah, the, oh yeah, the Wizards did make an addition. I forgot about that. They did add somebody from Australia. His name is, um, let me just see, let me look up for a second. Um, yeah, they got somebody from Australia and they added him. It's pretty funny that um Xavier Cooks that uh they're making this addition so um he was the player of the year in Australia um Josh Giddy from the Thunder who's like a breakout second year player he said this guy should be in the league um he isn't a great three-point shooter but he's supposedly the honest of his league um so let's see it'll be interesting to see how he plays he's probably an upgrade over Anthony Gill that's for sure um uh, that's all I have to say. And thanks for having me on, Robbie. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, with that, we're going to end our um, our Facebook Live uh, broadcast as part of this. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in on the Facebook side of things. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the audio podcast of this. Uh, it goes up on every Tuesday as well. And um, I really appreciate everyone for tuning in for episode uh, 301 um, for that. Um, so, um, uh it's been a really fun show i'm gonna put up the caps graphic again and uh so yeah uh, hopefully everyone will tune in for the next two episodes and we'll have a little bit of a break 
And then we will start season eight in April, which is pretty hard to believe. But I really appreciate everyone for tuning in on Twitch and on Facebook. I'm going to end uh, the uh, Facebook live stream for that right now. I uh, hope that you have a great week. DC Sports Without the Politics, Sports on the Hill podcast. Go Wizards, Capitals, and Defenders.